0: The Late Night Alternative, with Ian Lee
1: on Talk Radio.
0: We have ways of making you talk.
1: Good evening, dear listener. 03444991000. I was so busy fanning around trying to to find a track that I was unable to find a track, is what I'm uh, trying to say. I'm very excited tonight. We've got um, Kenny Jones coming on after midnight, drummer for The Small Faces. The Faces... And the who, the ooh, as he calls it. Uh, he's come, We spoke to him earlier on. He's coming on a bit later on. Uh, and before that, after midnight, we have got uh, Ryan Brady and Chris Mercer, who do this Paul McCartney um, podcast called Take It Away. Uh by coincidence one of them I found out today is going out with one of the daughters of davy Jones of the Monkeys. How funny is that? I know that only because she tweeted me. Um and uh so we're doing that. Uh, lots to talk about. I do want to play a McCartney song if you will indulge me because I but Paul Mc- I'm, we'll talk about this when, when Ryan and Chris come get on. the 5 pound Paul favourite. McCartney gets a tough old rap. You know, for, um, he's done some, he's done some terrible, terrible songs. There's no denying it. But he's also done some brilliant stuff. And he's done some brilliant stuff comparatively recently. This is from 1997, right? All right, it's 21 years ago, but who thought McCartney could still turn out decent songs, uh, in the late 90s? Have a listen to this.
2: Written that I would love you from the moment I opened my eyes and the morning when I first saw you gave me life under Gallico skies. I will hold you for as long as you like, I'll hold you for the rest of my life. love you, never failing to fight at your side, while the angels of love protect us from the innermost secrets we hide. I'll hold you for as long as you like. I'll hold you for the rest of my Soldiers who were born under ghost skies, may we never be called to handle all the weapons of war we despise.
1: Isn't that lovely, that's McCartney in '97, and he's done great songs since. I find it absolutely fascinating. I do know that Paul McCartney is in the country right now. My headphones are going, um, what we say in the industry, one legged. What that means is when James pulls this out, he's buggered the lead on it. Um, so, uh, I do know Paul McCartney's in the country, so, Sir so Paul, if you're listening, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand 499 1000 is the telephone number, Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number, if the lines are busy, Paul, keep trying, uh, we will get back to you. So we're talking about Paul McCartney after 10 and after midnight and also podcasting as well. Just the, 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 the art, the skill, the science, the, the mistakes of podcasting and how you go around doing that. And I've just had typed on my screen that Denny Lane, Denny Lane from Wings is coming on the show on Friday. How cool is that, huh? How cool is that? So 03. 444991000 is the uh, telephone number. Today, so me and Kath, we ate, we were eating quite healthily. And then after we ate quite healthily, we said, Oh, fancy some ice cream. So instead of popping out to Tesco and buying, you know, like a Magnum or something, I said, well, let's go to Byron Burgers and we can get ice cream there. And we did. So we went to Byron Burgers. Of course, you can't just have sweet. You've got to have a little bit of savory. So we had the macaroni cheese balls, which are like, just like sex. Um, and these ones are particularly like sex, they're a little bit cold in the middle. Um, and then I had a milkshake, and then I had an Oreo cheesecake, and Kath had a milkshake, and it it cost us 40 quid, 40 quid for desserts. what the flipping heck, anyway, I'm bloated, I'm sweating, and I'm feeling a little bit ropey, but, 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 um, today, I did something. I tweeted that I haven't done it for 12 years. I must have done it more recently. If Jackson died nine years ago, I did it ten years ago. Um, Jackson is always... Michael Jackson dying is always my uh, um, uh, diary entry for when I was filming The Persuasionists, the the, the flop uh, sitcom. And I auditioned for that probably about a year before, maybe 18 months before. So I I haven't auditioned for an acting role... For like ten years man with t v roles it's different you don't audition for it. you kind of go in and you meet the producers and you you tell them why you think you should be chosen and what you can bring to it and they um th- they generally go with someone completely different um but i've not been for an acting audition for years i can't tell you what the show is right i can't tell you because it's a secret right. When I don't get it, and that's not me being self-deprecating, probably not going to get it because I'm a little bit too old for the show and not quite as beautiful as a lot of the cast members were. Um, So when I don't get the show, um, I'll I'll, I'll tell you what it was. But it's a big old show. It's a big old show. Proper famous television show. And I've known... uh, Well, no, only since Monday that it was happening. There were rumours from my agent a couple of weeks ago that I was going to be seen for something, but I thought it was going to be, um, like a cameo of me playing myself. You know, um, was it, um, The Archers that had the pet shop boys in? You know, the status quo in Coronation Street. I thought it was going to be that kind of thing. And then I found it on Monday. Oh, no, it's not. It's a proper, um, it's a proper acting role. And it's a, it's a character, and it's, the person's got a name and would be in this series for for a long, old time. And uh, I got sent the script, and um, it was very, very exciting. It was very exciting. Kath knows what it was. You can tell, Sam. Kath knows what it was, because um, I had to say to her... It's funny, isn't it? I had to say to her, can you help me... Can you help me... Practice... Rehearse. They call it rehearsing. They don't call it practising. They call it rehearsing. And, um... And I haven't learnt the scripts, like I say, for nine, nine, ten years. When I was younger, when I was, uh, I, you know, I studied performing arts because I wanted to um be an actor. I always wanted to be an actor, right? And when I was at college, I could learn a script like that. I could read a script three times. The whole plan, I'd have it pretty much in my head. And this was just three pages. And I couldn't do it. I could not learn these three pages and i spoke to a couple of friends who are proper actors i spoke to Mackenzie, and i said i've got i'm auditioning for for this and i've got to be this and i I don't really know what to do and he gave me you know some suggestions he's a bafta winner for crying out i don't know if he's won a bafta for acting or if he's won a bafta for writing It's, it's different so but he gave me some tips and me and Kath, you know, sat, she, you know, indulged me and sat through it. And it was funny and it was embarrassing because these things are embarrassing. And I was trying to learn the words. So I got it on Monday. And, I, and last night I went to bed trying to learn the words and I couldn't quite get it. There were two bits that I couldn't quite get. And then I woke up this morning and I didn't do the thing that you're supposed to do. You're supposed to put, put the, the script under your pillow. I've done that in the past, but I didn't do that. But I woke up this morning. Um, and uh, I had a shower, and as I was showering, I went through the lines, and I had it—I pretty much had it. And at my audition was at ten past two, and I drove into work, and I parked here at, at, at Talk Radio, and I plenty of time. The plan was right to um, to get into the audition fifteen minutes before I needed to be there, so I was nice and relaxed, and and I'd left it—I'd left plenty enough time, right? Except. London was gridlocked this afternoon. I have no idea what was going on, but it was gridlocked. You couldn't move and I was in this uber and oh, it got very, very tense in there got very, very tense but but, but we I got there and I was twenty minutes late and it was fine it was at, it was at this acting centre, so there were lots of actors um around and I was sat there and basically I saw. I saw a stream of younger slimmer slightly better looking versions of me walking past me there uh, it, it, it was the weirdest thing they all looked a bit like me but younger and slimmer the sort of the side parted hair the beard um I was wearing a jacket and a shirt and jeans so were they one guy even had brown suede shoes on b- boots like I did it was the strangest thing and I'd forgotten so I say I auditioned for the persuasionist 10 years ago. That was not like a, a cattle call where you kind of, you're sat in a room with a load of people. I haven't done that for years and years and years. And I've forgotten that, that this is what it's like. And I went in and I tell you what was wonderful about it, right? What was great about it was I don't need the job because I've got this. This is my job. I've got a few quid in the bank. This is my job. Okay. So I don't need the job, right? And I kind of wanted the job, but it wasn't it wasn't the be all and end all. If they phone up and say, you've got it, I'll go, oh, brilliant. If they phone up and say, yeah, you don't got it, I'll go, oh, well, never mind. Thanks for letting me come and try. Because I don't, I don't, it's not that important to me. So I didn't have that, that, that scent of um desperation hanging around me. So I went in, to this room and there was a, a lady and a man and a video camera and it was all very amicable and very charming. And I charmed them and I zapped them and dazzled them. And they asked if I'd been up too much. And I said, Oh, I do a late night radio. So I haven't done acting for years, but I do a late night radio show. Oh, what's that like? Is it topical? And I said, Well, no. And I then tried to explain to two people who'd never heard this show before what happened in last night's show. Man alive. If you heard last night's show, you'll know that's a tough sell. I told that they said, so what, what, what did you, what did you do? What did you do on the show? I said, right. Well, last night we had a guy call in who wanted to know if the Truman show was real because he thinks he's being filmed everywhere he goes. And another guy called in who I had asked not to contact me anymore. And he phoned in, and they both went, "Oh my god!" I said, "Yeah, I know. It was so uncomfortable, but I also know it was it was a great piece of theatre. You know, it, I I hated it. I hated it. But I'm guessing that it came across to you as as something. As a dear listener, it came across to you as something, something exciting or uncomfortable or upsetting or funny or whatever. Um. So we chatted about that for a few minutes, and they said, "Right, do you do you want to go through? Do you want to go through?" And they had the script on the table. Of course, I'd learnt the script. I went, yeah, sure, let's go through it. So I did it, did it, and it was okay. I got, got I stumbled a bit in the middle on the first go, um, but I looked quickly, looked at the script, and I picked it up. And then they said, okay, well, we'll turn the video camera on. Would you like to go again? I said, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. And I am a bit more relaxed for the second time, and I did it. I did it to the best of my ability at that time. I couldn't have done at two forty. This afternoon, I couldn't have done it any better than I did then. I've done it better before, and if I were to do it now, I'd do it a bit better. I was nervous, you know, nerves were a little bit there, and I was trying to be nonchalant, but I was nervous because I was um, being intimate in front of two people that I don't know. And um, at the end of it, they said, thanks very much for coming in. I said, oh, thanks a lot. Enjoy the rest of your day. And I walked out, and that was it. But here's the thing. Here's here 's the thing if you follow me on Twitter, you will have seen me a couple of times a few times over the past year or so, yeah, do you know what? I fancy doing some acting and it 's kind of been bubbling away but and like I say, this is what I, what I trained to do twenty three years ago was performing arts you know it wasn 't to become a flipping nearly saw then wasn 't to become a flipping radio presenter i don 't want to be a presenter presenting is one of the most nothing jobs in the world i think presenting is uh, you're interesting because of other people you know if you're interviewing pop stars you're interesting because of the pop stars this show is primarily interesting because of the calls right so i never wanted to be a presenter i wanted to be an actor but i you know i ended up doing a bit of comedy and then doing the 11 o'clock show and i kind of got veered away from comedy into presenting more and more and more and um i'm getting to a point don't worry Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Um, but I'd kind of forgotten about doing the acting thing and, and the persuasionists, the sitcom I did got such a drubbing and I was, I was lousy in it. And again, it's not me being self-deprecating. I was lousy in it. It was, it was a whole new thing for me and I was out of my depth and I wasn't very good in it and it wasn't a very good show. So that kind of put me off it. But then doing this audition today, oh, if I came out, I felt, I felt good. I felt, I felt alive. I felt awake, I felt woke, and I came out, and I phoned my agent up, and said, do you know what, I did it, and I don't think I was very good, I thought I was alright, but I, I think I can do it better, and I don't think I got it, but I want to do more of these, please. He was like, whoa, okay, well we'll see if we can get you some more of these, uh, and he's, he's he's kind of a presenting agent, does a little bit of acting agents. he's he's good, right, so I said, I want more of these. And then I was walking down Tottenham Court Road, and I thought, I'm going to phone Kath up and tell, tell her how it went. I, yeah, it went quite well. I could have done better. It wasn't the best. I want to do more of these. I want to do more of these. Now, when I say I want to do more of these, it would be nice to get some acting. But you know what? Actually, I'd quite like just doing some more auditions, just for the experience of doing auditions. Because I was disappointed that I was a little bit nervous once I sat down and waited. Um, and I'd like to kind of overcome that. I, the, the, I, I did okay but I can certainly do a lot better so I'd kind of like to prove that to myself but it made me think I've always wanted to be an actor that's always it's always been the ambition is to be an actor the ambition wasn't to be a radio host or or a television host or a a, a contestant on a, a reality television show the uh, the aim was always to be an actor now i'm not saying i'm going to jack this job in and go off and live the life of an actor for several reasons one i'm getting divorced and two i'm buying a house and and three and because of those reasons one and two i need money i need quite a bit of cash at the moment otherwise i'm in trouble so i'm not going to jack this in at all but I want to be an actor. I really, really want to be an actor. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. Or I certainly... Let me rephrase that. I certainly want to have a crack at it. That's it. That's 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 it. I certainly want to have a crack at acting. And it reminded me that that was always my ambition. From a very young age, from about eight or nine, that was always the ambition um to do some acting. And I was talking to Catherine about it, and she kind of confessed that actually you'd always wanted to do some acting. And I noticed I, I noticed a little bit of sadness in your voice when you said that. So I guess tonight, and you can call in about anything you want, right? You know that. But I'd like to hear from you. How am I gonna phrase this into a question? Right. I'd like to hear from you if you managed to achieve your ambition that, the, the, you know, maybe your dream was to be, I don't know, a pilot or it was to be an actor or it was to be a footballer or whatever. Or it was to be a plumber. I don't know. Um And maybe you achieved your ambition. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. Right. Won't cost you anything. Cost you pennies at the most. You'll speak to Catherine. She'll take your name and number and give you a call back. But I'd also and probably more like to hear from you. If you have suppressed an ambition, if there was something that you really wanted to do when you were younger and it just wasn't practical, there wasn't the money to go on the course or, you know, you got married or your mum and dad weren't supportive of you or you weren't supportive of you and you talked yourself Out of it. Because I remember being at school, right, and I had this horrible teacher. Mrs. Bartram. She's dead now. And uh, she didn't like me. And um, she didn't like me at all. Because I was naughty. My sister was very, very bright. And I was naughty. And I would often get compared to my sister. And I really, at school, really wanted to be an actor. And, And I signed up for the drama course on my GCSE. And then it was the weirdest thing. We turned up on the first day... Of the GCSE year. And they went, right, we've dropped drama. So, Ian, you've got to find something else to do. What? It was me and about half a dozen other kids. You've got to find something else to do now. You've got to pick out of these. What? Flipping it. And I'd say to them, I want to be an actor. You won't be an actor. You can't be an actor. You can't be an actor. Imagine teachers saying that. You can't be an actor. Why don't you? Their their compromise solution was, why don't you um, become a drama teacher at a primary school? Okay. And I kind of started signing up for that and luckily I failed my A-levels and I got a year out and I went to another college and uh, the lecturer said, yeah, yeah, sure, you could you could probably get onto a performing arts degree. Oh, sorry? Yeah, yeah, sure, probably. We, we, yeah, let's have a look. And they, they went and looked and found loads of courses I could have done. I must admit, I was quite mean, Mrs Bartram lived in my street. God, I hated her. And when I got on the 11 o'clock show and got famous and there was an article about me in the guardian i think it was and she wrote me a very nice letter saying it was very nice to see me doing so well and fulfilling my dream i didn't reply to her i didn't reply and i feel a bit mean about that but i also didn't reply sticking my fingers up at her which is something else i would have been entitled to do so you can call in about anything you want tonight guys you know the rules okay oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand big small whatever i don't mind but i'd really like to hear from you um if you um achieved your ambition Or if you kind of suppressed it and you pushed it away and you never followed it because it's just stupid. And maybe later in life, you went, you know what? I really do want to be a train driver. I really do want to be a teacher. I really do want to be a guitarist. I'm going to go and I'm going to do it because people do. Later in their lives. And I'm kind of thinking when the, you know, the next couple of years are sort kind of sorted out financially, it's a little bit easier. And when this gravy train, the talk radio gravy train comes uh, off the tracks, which it will do. It, al- it always does. Then maybe, maybe I suck it up for a year and I go to like acting classes and I go and do auditions and stuff for a year and see how that goes and see if I can make any headway doing that. Or maybe it's stupid. I don't know. I don't know, guys. 0344 is the telephone number. This is The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio.
0: Closing time conversation for tax inspectors, taxi drivers and taxidermists. Great big talk for the wee small hours. You've been calling me big time, mate. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio.
1: Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Let's go to Michelle. Good evening, Michelle. Hello. You're all right. I'm all right. I'm stuffed, and my headphones keep going to cock, but I'm fine, Michelle. How are you?
3: I'm great, thank you. I was just calling about um, the people who have, you know, achieved their dreams, yes. sort of thing. Yeah. And um, I. Well, I've had a job putting lids on lipsticks on a conveyor belt before. Now
1: flipping egg,
3: twelve hours a night. Oh
1: my god, Michelle! in Yeah, no, I and, bet.
3: Um, and I've been a baker in Astor, which was amazing.
1: I was a baker in Safeways.
3: There we go. There we I'd go. I would have been better than you. You would
1: have been. I was terrible. I bled into yeah, the buns once. I, I actually would. bled into the buns. <laughs>
3: I was stunned all the time. I didn't know what was happening. Hey! This is but before you know, I got
1: into that stuff. But, well, wow, good you for you. You do what you can. You do what um, you can.
3: But now yeah. I'm an English teacher and I love it. It is yeah. everything I've ever wanted to be. Oh, fantastic. And um, I couldn't do it before because I hadn't passed GCSE maths.
1: Oh, this is the weird thing. Why, why do you need maths to teach English?
3: I know, Isn't but it? you do, you need English, maths and science. Oh, that's
1: crazy. That's and I'd crazy. never
3: passed, because at school I was an absolute pain in the ass. I mean, I was horrible. Yeah. But yes. I knew that English had something for me. So at 30, yeah. I resat my maths with the kids G- that I was a teaching assistant You're to. You're
1: joking! You did GCSE maths with them?
3: Yep. Mate. With the kids that I was that I was their teaching assistant, and I sat the exam with them.
1: <laughs> how did it go? And you know
3: what? I got a C. Hey! And I got to become a teacher. Hey, that's
1: brilliant. Hey, right. How nervous were you in that exam, and how nervous were you when you went to get your results?
3: I was crying. Oh, God. I was I crying think. in the exam in front of them. But they knew... I weird. mean, they knew how nervous I was. Yeah. Because I told the kids, you know... That it meant such a lot to me, and I'd resit maths. genuinely. I had reset it 13 times.
1: Are you sure it was 13, not 14? There's a little math well, joke for you, that...
3: but I was so bad at Little math joke you. for you there, yes. I know, I got it. Well I got done. it well now done. because I passed.
1: There we go. Not all my listeners would get it, though, there because some of them would. There we thick. go. Um so you did it okay no. so then what so once you passed the the GCSE maths then what did you do did you go to like college or to to train yeah. to be a teacher Well
3: my husband we got married on April Fool's Day because yes. <laughs> we thought it'd be funny Yes. but that also ended up being the day he got made redundant Oh wow Um but because he was redundant he could look after the kids and I applied for teacher training Hey So now look I've been teaching for 9 years.
1: Oh, that's brilliant, Michelle. It's well the done. The greatest
3: job in the world. How old oh, are the kids you're great. teaching? Oh god. 11 to 18.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> they are horrible at that age.
3: <laughs> they can be. Yeah. They can be, but it oh my god, I get to talk about the books I love. Yeah. Every day, man. I mean, that it's not even a job, you yeah, know. yeah. It, it's amazing.
1: What um, do you know? What your nickname is?
3: Oh God, I've probably got a lot. Yeah. Most of them to do with being fat, oh. being cross-eyed, Yo. wearing glasses.
1: Hey, are you cross-eyed and overweight? Yes. Oh, Michelle, you're like oh, a yeah. gift. You're like a gift from heaven to those kids. I am. I am. <laughs> it's like I was always meant to be. Oh,
3: oh, I'm unfortunately, so... my surname doesn't rhyme with fat. Or any kind of farmyard animal.
1: They'll make it rhyme with something. Um, yeah. Oh, kids at that age can be flipping on. I'm sure oh, I'm, they do. I'm so pleased for you, Michelle. That's absolutely Honestly, brilliant.
3: It is never too late. Yeah, and it doesn't matter how crap your current job is. My job was genuinely putting lids on lipsticks on a conveyor belt. Flipping it, man.
1: And this and is there the you thing. Go. And this is the thing, right? Because I, I, I've heard, had people call in before and. I've heard radio shows where it's people going, well, I was 56 and I, I jacked in what I was doing and I became, what I, you know, an art or whatever. And I've always kind of thought, yeah. yeah. And, and listen, I love this job. I really do love this job. But just doing this audition today, Michelle, it yeah. reminded me why I got into show business. It reminded me it what I'd always You've wanted to do. have got to, to go do. for it. I have got to go for it, haven't I?
3: You have. You have. Otherwise, it'll be like an unscratched itch. Yeah.
1: I'm going to You've go for to it. You've got
3: to do it, man. And not only that, Ian, yep. you can do it.
1: Oh, you're good. You're good.
3: You can, and you should, and you are doing yourself a disservice if you don't try.
1: Michelle, it's so nice to talk to you. I'm glad it all worked I out do. for you. Cheers, my dears. Ta-ta. There we go. There we go. There's an inspirational tale, if ever we needed one. 0344 four, four nine nine one thousand. Let's Well, let's see... If we can make it a show... Oh, by the way, get your calls in early, because after midnight, I don't know if we're going to be taking any calls. If you've got any McCartney questions, we might do, but the um, Kenny Jones interview is pre-recorded, and I, I really want to talk to Ryan and Chris from Take It Away podcast, so I might I might just keep them for myself. So if you, want, if you want to get on the show tonight, I've got terrible wind. Really, really bad wind. I might be sick. I think I might be sick on the radio. I think I'm going to throw up. Um... So, if you want to get a call in, do it, do it before midnight, is what I'd say. 0344 And let's see if we can kind of make it, um, I don't know, an inspirational show. If you're living the dream, let me no. Let's go to Craig. Good evening, Craig. Hello? Hello, Craig. Hello. How's it going? It's going all right, Craig. Uh, I'm having a good week. You're, you're what? Uh my week well, up and down like that. Uh. Are you on speakerphone? Eh, uh, no. Why well, can't well, I? Is, is your head in a box? Hello. Hello, Craig. Hello. 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 I, it's it's quite difficult to hear you. There's maybe a bit in the house sir. Uh. Okay. Well, go on. so you're having an up. I'll, let's let's see if we can battle on. You're having an up and down week. Why? What's happening?
4: Uh, I lost my job a few
1: days ago. Oh, mate, I'm sorry. Was there was there any warning coming? No, it wasn't. And any reason for it? No, I just said that's your job gone. I've let you go. something with like that. That was it. They just said that's your job gone. Away you go. Yeah. Flipping heck, man! What do you? How do you respond to that? It's not easy, mate. Like. Oh mate, I'm sorry to hear that, Craig. That sounds absolutely lousy. Um, so what are you going to do, man?
5: Uh, I've got a lot of job there.
1: What line of work are you in? Uh, mechanics. Mechanics. Oh man. Um, well, I wish you the best of luck. Luck. Clutch. I wish you the best of clutch, uh, Craig. No, thank you. No worries, man. Anything else? Uh well, no, my other week was good, bike. The other week was good. Uh, did I well, did you get a job uh, as a mechanic? Nah. <laughs> no, I'm, joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Go on, why? I, I found my father after 20 years. <laughs> Whoa, Craig! This is the most insane phone call. Well, not the most insane phone call. We had Dean and we had John last night. But this is pretty up there. Right. So, hang on a minute. How, <laughs> when did you find your dad after 20 years? Uh, I found the one. Yeah, uh, Facebook, yeah. You found him on Facebook, yeah. And um, have you spoken to him? I've spoken, to him. I've seen him there. Uh, seen him a few days now. And what was that like? How did what? Okay, let's go back a bit. So you've not seen him for twenty years. Why is that? Did he just walk out when you were a kid? What happened? Oh, I don't know. I think he walked out of us. He got what? Walked out. And he got he us. Just he just walked out. And how old were you at the time, Craig? I was five. Five. Ah, oh, man. And he made—he'd made no attempt to get back in your life.
4: Well, he says he was trying, but he couldn't find me.
1: Right. Okay.
4: But the good thing is, I think I've
6: got a step sister.
1: Well, hey, there you go. And how was it meeting you? Meeting up with your dad? Did it go okay? It was weird a bit. Yeah. Does he live near you? Nah. Miles away.
5: Oh, well, he stays, stays in Scotland, but I'm in Ardross. He's
1: in Glasgow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, um, Craig, listen. I say this. And I don't mean this in a patronising way. Um, take care of yourself, man. Because both of those things—that losing the job and seeing your dad—they're both big old shocks, you know. And 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 while you might be uh, uh, happy about meeting your dad, uh, there might be a bit of a come down at some point, So just. You know, just keep an eye on yourself, man, and, and, you know, take on board. You've had two massive shocks in the last week or so. Uh, Hang in there, brother. I hope work picks up for you, and, and you know, I, I hope that you and your dad can, I don't know, make, develop a meaningful relationship, if that's what you want. I well, hope I'm not, but you never know what things come out, do you? You don't know. You don't know, but I hope it works out the way that you want it to work out, man. Yeah, thanks. All right, Craig. Take care, fella. Thank you. Thank you. Flip it. That was, um... Wow, what a call. <laughs> I've got a feeling it's going to be one of them nights tonight. Let's take one more, then we'll have a break. Good evening, Mark. Oh, hi, Ian. How are you doing? I'm fine. Are you on speakerphone?
7: No, I'm not. No, I mean, uh, in my road, I've got no carpet, you see, because of my wheelchair, so... It-
1: a bit. Right. Well, okay. Hang on a second, Mark. Hang on. Just, just stay there, Catherine. I don't want anybody else in wheelchairs allowed on because. The, 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 phone, the phone quality is awful. Okay, so no more wheelchair people. <laughs> Sorry, Mark, I just had to go off air for the second. Hopefully, you didn't hear that. I was having a yeah, production. I so. your oh, no! <laughs> oh, no! Tragic comic bans disabled from phoning show. Hey, that would get us some headlines, though, wouldn't it? Would it, Chuck? After you taking the mickey
7: out of me being the one handed DJ.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, so, oh, so you got no cup. Well, okay, well, it, it means you don't need to hoover. You can just um, sweep. What? Yeah, well, you can just tie, like, a mop to the back of the wheelchair, and, uh, hey... I mop every day. I mop my floors every day. Mark I, had a, Mark, I had a really weird thing today, and you've just reminded me, because only because it involved a wheelchair, right? Yeah. I um, went to... I, we, when I was a, a teenager, we used to live in this place called Farnham Common, right? It's near Slough. And I went there... It was yesterday. I went there on the way to, to go off somewhere, and I stopped at the Costa to get a coffee and a sandwich. And as I was walking into the Costa, walking up the street, There was a woman in an electric wheelchair, right? And I thought, oh, that's my mum. Because the wheelchair was the same, her hair was the same. I could see just that she had glasses on. I thought, oh, that's my mum. And her her care home is about 20 minutes, 30 minutes away from there. I thought, oh, maybe the carers have brought her out here. (laughs) So I walked up next to her, and I looked at her, and I'm looking at her kind of front on, and I'm thinking... I think that's my mum. I think, right? But I'm not totally sure. But I was 80% sure it was her. And I was so kind of sure. I started walking towards her and started saying, as in, hello, mum. And as I got closer, I thought, that's not my mum. What am I doing? And I turned away very, very quick. As I'm walking into Costa, I'm looking over going, is that... I I didn't know if she was my mum or not, Mark. It was the weirdest... Weirdest thing. And I've had it where I've seen people and thought, did I go to school with them? Did I work with them? Did yeah, I although you mean, yeah. You know you, mate, But this was my mum. And I'm thinking, is that my mum? It, I think, I, honestly, it was so strange, man. She was wearing the same clothes as my mum. <laughs> Next time I see my mum, she might say, here, why didn't you come and say hello to me in Farnham Common? <laughs> it was it was the funniest thing. Anyway, Mark, sorry, I digress. What have you got for us? Yeah, it's good to hear you. It's so positive, mate. Um, yeah, I'm feeling. Yeah, I'm feeling alive after today. Yeah, yeah, that's good.
7: That's that's brilliant, mate. Yeah. Anyway, what I wrote up about was um, what you were saying about podcasting last night. Yeah, yeah, it was really interesting. I mean, I don't see no. But to be honest, I don't see no one from day to day. I'm lucky to see somebody once a week because yeah. I don't get out much. And um, to podcast, my what I do the radio, what I run as i told you before it's like a lifesaver to me yeah i talk to so many people all over the world it's it's actually brilliant and what i would say is with mental when you when you got depression or anything like that the best thing is to keep your mind busy yeah yeah so podcasting is a brilliant way if you've got something to say Podcasting is the way to go, or radio,
1: like what I do. So think about podcasting, you can do it for, uh, uh, if you've got some, you know, a decent computer, decent, yeah. it doesn't have to be that decent, you can do it for like a few, a few quid a month, four quid yeah. a month I think is, is to hire, you know, to, to get it hosted on a website somewhere.
7: I mean, I'll pay about 60, with the website that I've got, I'll pay about 60 quid a month, which not not going out on nothing, it's not a great deal, but it's, it's Freedom for me, yeah. You know,
8: yeah, yeah, exactly. You know
7: yeah, it's it's so good. Yeah, it's, it's it's a good thing. I actually, I'll tell you what, make you laugh. I well. actually got a jingle from Barry.
1: Barry from Watford.
7: Barry from oh, Watford tell me a jingle. I, bet... I actually got it. I actually, I actually. Um,
1: no, I can only uh, apologise.
7: What do you call it? Not tweeted it to you. Yeah. So you can have a
1: listen. It is right. funny. All right, Mark. Well, tweet, tweet it again and I'll, I will play it. And I bet it's bloody awful knowing Barry. Thank you, Mark. 0344 499 1000. Paula, stay there. Come to you in a second. This is Talk Radio.
0: Whispering lunar incantations for cross parents. Um.
7: Cross dressers. Yeah, did you know this about me? And cross rail workers.
0: Steel and polycarbonate. The late night alternative with Ian Lee. I've, I've got a very poor internet connection. On Talk Radio.
1: Three four 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 nine nine one thousand. We got guests from midnight, so if you want to get come on the show tonight, get your calls in. We're talking ambitions, we're talking um, dreams, and getting there and not getting there. You can still call in about anything you want. By the way, it's still a free for all. But um, this is kind of the, the the theme that my head is following this evening. Good evening, Paula. Good evening, In. How are you? I am um, really, really stuffed, and I need to lose some weight, but um <laughs> apart from that i'm on time oh i'm up really well i'm up early tomorrow because um at 8 50 my eldest is doing an assembly which i am gonna go and see so I'm, I'm gonna be tired but i'm really looking forward to that i love i love seeing my boys doing little plays and shows and things uh, at school it's great fun been
3: there done that my friend oh, been
1: there done it's that great isn't it so that's what being alive is all about is seeing your kid as a jaguar which is what mine is doing <laughs> tomorrow what have you got for us paula
3: I just wanted to say, yes. right, I watch you in the jungle, yeah. I knew you before, I uh, have listened to you, I'm not a full-time listener, probably two or three times a week, Good you. It's all we can um, and I, I follow you on Twitter, Yes. and tonight you said something, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to ring up, I am very lucky with my life, and yeah. I want people to know out there, sometimes you meet the right person, everything just clicks and I'm having a very lucky life. I met my husband... I was 17, and he was 19. Yeah. And we're 30 years later, and we're still together.
1: Hey, listen to that. That's
3: brilliant. I know. We've just had our 25th wedding anniversary.
1: Congratulations. Thank
3: you. We had a bit of a renewal of vows, which is a bit wanky, but hey, we did it. <laughs> um,
1: right, well, do you, all right, don't say that word again, but yeah, well done. Oh, sorry, oh, that's sorry, all right, sorry. <laughs> but
3: you know what? I met. We met at work... Yeah. I was 17, he was 19. Yes. We got married at 22 and 24. Yeah. We look like children oh. in our wedding picture.
1: Yeah, babies, yeah, I bet.
3: Uh, yeah, and now here we are. I'm 47, he's 49. We've got two wonderful children. Well, say children. They're not children. They're adults, yes. mini adults. Yeah. And sometimes, guys, life can be good. Yeah. And I'm very lucky. You know, neither of us have any issues health-wise, and... I just want people to know that sometimes, if you meet the right person, everything oh. clicks.
1: It yeah. can all be good. Isn't that lovely? I'm trying to think. So, you know, at uh, uh, 21, um, uh, uh, t- 22, I was I was in no fit state to um, be in oh a serious God. relationship, let alone getting if, married.
3: Oh, trust me, trust me. If my daughter, who's now 19, yeah. turned around to me and said, "Mom, I'm getting married," I'd be like, "No, you're not." <laughs> not no, funny because it's funny. We look back and. My husband, he hates me for saying this, but when I say to him, I look back at the age we got married and we were kids playing grown-ups. Yeah. But, but I'm very lucky. We're very lucky
1: it worked. I'm trying to do the maths. Yes. And I think my mum, when she had my sister, and it, uh, this amazes me, I think my mum was 19 years old when she had my sister, maybe 20. She was no older than 20. I think she was 19. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she would have been 20, 21. She would have been 22 when she had me. And I just think, and she, you know, she did, she did the best job she could as a mum and she, you know, a bit of bad luck with, with, with health and with the bloke that she married, my dad. But mm-hmm. um, I just think that 19 and, and 23. Baby. My, my mum Babies. had my
3: sister at 18. No!
1: Yes! No! And you
3: know what makes me laugh? Go on. So, my sister's... Well... She'll kill me for saying this. My sister's 52. Oh. And I'm 47. There we go. My mum's 70, and she still refers to us as her girls. Yeah. We're not girls, mum. We're grown-up women. Oh, God.
1: I'm starting to, because my mum always refers to me as a um, uh, uh, brave little soldier and all of that stuff. (laughs) And I'm starting with my boys getting older, and I call, you know, my boys are still eight and six, so they are babies, and I call them babies, and they're like, Mm. "Oh, Dad, we're not babies. We're we're big boys now. Mm. And and it's that thing that my mum always said to me. Me, you'll always be my little babies, and she yeah. would say that to me, and I go, oh, mum, shut up!" But I get it now. These, these, when they're big, strapping, twenty-something men with big beards and taller than me, <laughs> they're always going to be my little babies.
3: You're describing my son, who's like I'm five foot eight, and yeah. my son's six foot two with a beard, and oh, I'm like, "You're still my baby." Oh, and he's God. like, "Mum, I'm really not."
1: Oh. oh, Paula, that's a lovely story. Thank you so much. Well, you're well. I just
3: wanted you to let list your listeners know there yeah. are good stories out there. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's absolutely lovely. Thank you so much for that, Paula. You're very welcome. Take care. Bye bye. Ta ta. What a lovely lady. With a potty mouth. But what a lovely lady. You she, she said on the screen that she was nervous. Nothing to be nervous about at all. Um, that was lovely. But I do think, I think my mum was 19 when she had my sister. Um, That's crazy, isn't it? That is crazy. So it means my mum is like, well, hang on, well, let's... Um, yeah, she's 47. the 47. She's 67. It's 2018, isn't it? So she's 67. So, yeah, she's 22 years older than me. 22 years older than me. That's nothing. If I start thinking about that too much, it sends my head spinning off. And I kind of think, well, if hang on a minute. If I'd had a kid... At the age she'd have me. I'd have a 23-year-old now. Head starts spinning off, doesn't it? How old are you, Sam? What are you, 26? Five. 25. I'd have a, I'd have a kid about your his age. The head just starts spinning out. I, I can't handle that kind of maths. Thank you for that. That was a lovely call. Good evening, Dan. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm, I think this weekend I, have- I might go and have a little um, a cheeky spoons. Ian. Do you want
6: to know something? So obviously, you're, this, the whole theme of tonight's show is one of hope and one of you know, joy Asians in people's lives. Yes. And I'm, I'm glad to tell you that my mate got the job on the spot at Spoons.
1: On the spot! On the spot job! This is great! It's almost as if they don't care about who they hire at Spoons.
6: Mate, nah, nah, he's, he's a great signing, I promise you. He's a great signing. I don't know what his contract terms were, but oh. he's a great signing. So I just so
1: what he, he walked in... And they went. You hired. Can you start now? Pretty much. Oh, how fa- do you think um, if if Chris Tarrant was the head barman at, at Spoons, how do you think he would have announced the job? <laughs>
6: <laughs> do you want me to do another impression instead of Chris Tarrant, or do you just want Chris Tarrant?
1: I I, I think I just want Chris Tarrant. Well,
6: <laughs> if you get it fine. All right, okay. What what question is it? For how, for how much? How how much are you going to win if you get the question
1: right? He's going to win um, a, a, a year's contract at Spoons.
6: <laughs> right, we've got that. You've uh, done pretty well so far. Uh, I just asked this one question.
1: Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, you idiot. Can't. Go on, do the... All right, so you reckon you can do another impression? Go on. What about Barry from Watford? Oh, go on then. <laughs> Hello. <laughs>
6: no, I can't. i see. what, I was watching that, the one, the one um, the clip that you put on your YouTube channel about Barry, when he rang in about his computer course, yeah, and he was just, he was, oh, just in fit. I've watched it honestly about four times. I've just been in fit trying to do his impression. I wish Every he would.
1: I tried to do it. I wish the old man would die. No,
3: yes, exactly.
1: he's annoying. He absolute can... cobblers, absolute cobblers. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. That is
3: absolute, absolute cobblers.
1: Listen here, Ian, I I made you, I made you when you were dapping. How long did it take you to learn that? About a day or two. Yeah, here's here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. I think that that voice is even better than the real Barry from Watford, right? So I've got an idea. If you want to call in... As Barry from Watford from now on, will use you instead of the, um, oh, where's he gone? He's disappeared! Oh no! Get him back! I hope his phone's not died. I bet he goes to answer phone. Bet his phone's died. These, these young in person, honestly, this, this Barry from Watford is getting right on my, um, right on my wits, I think we can say. And it would be so much nicer to have someone new, someone fresh, and someone who's just a whole lot lot better I, I... hello 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 you're not doing it as well now, Dan, you've lost it a bit
9: uh,
1: it's me yeah, you're not doing it quite as well, Dan. You were doing it better a minute ago yeah, it's me though yeah uh, it, you're sounding you're sounding a bit too miserable. What do I have to do to prove it's me well well dan I, I, I don't know what do you want to do. I'm not Dan. All right, all right, okay, right. Well, uh, it it sounds like... What can I do to prove it's me? Who are you? The real one. Oh, for goodness sakes. Dan, all right. Um, um... I'm I'm Barry, though. Right, Uh, okay. What can I do to prove that I know you? Um... I I, I met
3: you that time in London when the police were after you, that nasty business in the toilet. No.
1: Remember that? (laughs) That was me.
3: Oh!
1: Uh, that time, that was never proven, that business, remember? Are you implying that I go cottaging in public toilets? Well, I'm not implying it. I'm uh. telling you that's right. <laughs> 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 it's
8: me. It's it is the real Barry from that. Watford.
1: We were, yes. we were just speaking to a young man called Dan, who does a really, yes. really good impression of Chris Tarrant and you. Oh, I'd like to hear him. Well, his his phone's gone dead, and he's he's disappeared. Ah, oh. so. Oh dear! It's, it's, Can it's, I do Chris Tarrant for you? But you'd love to do Chris Tarrant. Bet Margaret no. would love to do Chris. <laughs> oh, you're saucy. <laughs> Hello. Hang on. You've done Chris Tarrant as a as a shy woman from the eighteen hundreds. Shall I have a go? Go at on then. Again? Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to find a friend? <laughs> do you want to find a friend? don't <laughs> you know, like that. It What's goes. the coy giggling behind your fan? No, that's what it does, uh-huh. Terrence.
2: No. Is it answer A? Uh, let me see if I can got- do Chris Tarrant. <laughs>
1: this, is, this, is, this is Chris Tarrant here. This is Chris yeah. Tarrant here. That's, that's John McQuarrick, isn't it? I'm, I'm Chris to here, and I'd like to ask you a question for a million pounds. All right, for, for
3: 30,000 pounds, uh, for was th- Ian A, climbing up the cubicle, B, peering under the cubicle,
1: <laughs> or C? Yeah. Okay, for a million pounds, was Barry, who was in the cubicle, was he no. giving Ian the come on? A, was he, B, <laughs> peeping through the glory hole? Uh, was he, C, passing notes under the cubicle? No. <laughs> or, D, did he claim he'd left the door unlocked by accident? No, that's not. That's, that's nice. how I remember No, Listen, well, should I, should I? you remembered it wrong. I, that's how I remembered it, and I think I No, really well, that's it. not what... You brought it up. No, you You brought it up then, and you're bringing you it brought, up now. You brought something you brought, up then. Yeah, you did. You e- brought it up. You, you brought opened the tour. You brought up. You wrote your phone you were up. On it. You were up. Yes. And you then did. you brought ectoplasm up from it. Yeah. You, d- you, did. you brought. Yeah. You had it up. No, oh, you had it up. Do you remember? Just just time out for a second, Barry. Do you remember like the classic minty biscuits and some of the oh, great God, calls? Really? And now, now, and now we've resorted to talking about me sucking you off in a public toilet. <laughs> really, <laughs> we really are scraping the bottom oh, of the barrel, as we so, did that day as well. Yeah, it was
3: so good, was it? Minted Biscuits. Oh, Biscuits. Uh, Barry, bar- uh, bl- bl- blank, Blankety Blank. Blankety
1: Blank. Name blank, blank, the funny. band. Okay. All the great. Well, well, I'm going to cut you off now. Oh, okay. B- there we go. 03444991000, this is Talk Radio.
0: The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Radio. We have ways of making you talk.
1: version i should have checked that was not an hd version and for that i i i, I apologize i i humbly apologize uh catherine boyle joins me in the studio good Hi. evening catherine, catherine you've Hi. got the latest on what's going on um in the current situation yes That's the latest we've got
10: well so far in the current situation it's all up in the air we are getting news filtering through and i'll keep you abreast of that as it happens thanks
1: very much indeed let's go to katie good evening katie
10: hello how are you i'm uh, i'm okay yeah i'm okay
11: to hear you sounding chipper
1: it's good to be back it's good to be oh. back
11: and <laughs> um, the thing that you started talking about at the beginning of the program was about um, No, hang on a, hang on a second Kath-
1: hang on Catherine. if you're gonna do it just do it quickly just do it go i've done it right, Catherine's dicking around with her microphone it's making noises so i'm so sorry katie that was so rude <laughs> of Catherine. so rude it's going so well the first hour and then um i don't know anyway, <laughs> i apologize continue continue Not problem, play.
11: that's fine um, you were talking about your audition today and it's made you feel really good, and you're asking people's opinions and, well. you know, people's personal stories. Yes. Um, I just think I don't really conform to society. which oh, is it.
1: She's a murderer. Oh, Are you know. naked? She's a sex but,
11: fiend. I don't know. I just, just do it, man. If it's, and it's made you feel this good, well,
1: just, go, just go for it and do it, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, well, there's always it, there's always the practical thing of, I need money, you know? It's of like, course, yeah. You, you need money. But this, and I love this job, and, and I, I really love this job, and this is the best place I've ever worked in, and, I, you know, without blowing my own trumpet, because I don't have one, I think I'm quite good at it. Um, You're okay, but, yeah. But but I just today it was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. I That's remember lovely, this. This it? is what I wanted.
11: Yeah, totally, totally. I, when I was when I was younger, I you know went to school in the late uh, middle to late '80s, yeah. and I just wanted to become a musician. Yeah. And uh, then it it wasn't, or even now, maybe it's not the done thing. You've got to get a job. You've got to get a nine to five job. And I wasn't having it. I wanted to become a music music teacher or a musician, um, and I did it. And, um, it took me a long time to get round to people's heads, like, you know, you have a, what was it she called, a YTS, um, careers advisor. Yeah. And I said I wanted to become a musician, she's like, that's
1: ridiculous. They laugh at you, don't they? Yeah, massively. They (laughs) laugh at you. No one says, it's going to be tough, but let's see, let's put our heads together and see what we can come with, because people make livings out of musician, out of being a musician, out of being an actor. Yeah, Yeah, it's a tiny percentage that make the millions of pounds, but... People, people make a living out of it.
11: That's right. I remember going for this interview with her, and she said, <laughs> that, "quote I won't tell her tell you her name, but she said, quote I know what you arty-farty people want to want to do all day, and that's just sit on your asses and smoke dope." And I she's went. Very, she's very, very okay.
1: astute. Actually. She's spot, <laughs> uh, spot on. And I, yes.
11: was, it, I, I was really upset by that because it was generally something that I wanted to do. Anyway, oh. I became a music teacher yeah. and um, and a musician. Um, weirdly, after twenty years. I've had enough of it,
1: though, now. <laughs> oh, oh. I you were going to say you've um, had your first number one hit, and it was like,
11: oh. I wish, I wish. Um, I, just think, I just think now I've kind of changed my mind about it a little bit. I've really loved it, um, taught hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of children. And yeah. um, they're doing lots of good things. I feel I've given a lot of myself. But now, in, as a kind of real reversal, I need to have... A, not, I'm not saying that musicians uh, it, it isn't a sustainable job, but I need a regular uh, nine-to-five job, purely for financial reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've got a son now who's 14, and you think, oh, God, I, I was living a dream.
1: That's what it all comes That's why a lot of these dreams and ambitions um, either fall by the wayside or get put on hold. Or, it's because we all need money.
11: Yeah, that's what it's all about. Isn't it? Essentially. But a, a, a great example of living the life and living the dreams, was my mum, who was a professional singer in the 60s, 70s. And she worked with Max Wall and Bernie Winters, Paul Daniels, and she used to go around the Northeast clubs with all these guys before they were famous. And uh, she did it, and she loved it, and then she brought the family up, and she looked after my dad. And then in the 60s, she thought, I'm a bit bored now. So uh, she went to university and she studied English and got her A-levels in English and she went to Slovakia and taught um, English as a foreign language wow. for a year. And she was really inspiring yeah. and I, you know, she, she just kind of taught me whatever age you are, you know,
3: just do what you feel is right.
1: I want to instill in my kids that anything is possible. I, tell you what, I, was, I was really lucky with my yeah. mum, right? Um, uh, because my mum never once said when I wanted to be an... I was saying I wanted to be an actor from about 10, right? She never once said, no, nah, you've got to get a proper job. <laughs> um, she, and she supported me, and she paid for me to go on, like, drama courses. When I when I failed yep. my A-levels the first time, she paid for me to go and audition at, like, RADA and Central wow. and all of those places. I didn't get in. I mean, I was quite young. I was 17. I didn't get in. A couple of them said, come back next year when you're older. But she paid for that. And then when I went to university and did performing arts, she was cool with that. And when I came out and couldn't get a job, she was cool with that. And she lent Aww, me money. That was amazing. It is amazing. And I'm, I'm aware that I was really, really lucky that A, she had a few quid, and B, she was very mm-hmm. supportive. So she... she yeah And I want my... You know, this is why I present my boys with so many different things. It's why I like bringing them in here so they they see what I do and what you can achieve. It's why my wife takes them to the place that she works. It's why I take them to the cinema. It's why I take them to, to yeah. see theatre. It's why I take them to play sports. Not because I want them to be out every night doing something different, because... It's different variations of life, isn't it? I it's want them to sort. find the one thing where they go, oh oh i like that you know of course i want it to be them watching a play or 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 sat in here but it probably (laughs) won't be it'll be something where they just get that thing in their chest they go oh yeah fancy a bit of that
11: yeah it's really important it is
1: isn't it and i'm gonna you know and of course not everyone is lucky enough to um be able to earn a living doing what they want to do but it is it is possible for a significant number of people it is, indeed. Ian, so can I um, yes. quickly mention something else? Yes. <laughs> a little
11: quandary, okay? okay? Yeah. Um, my parents both passed away. My mum passed away seven years ago. My dad just over a year ago. Yeah. And I'm trying to have a declutter of my house. Yeah. Which, I'm a bit of a hoarder. Went into the asset the other day. I've got numerous boxes. One of the boxes I found well, one box is full of love letters from my parents. Oh, whoa, each other. whoa <laughs> baby! I know. So I've got a bit of a kind of an issue. Do I, one? Yes. <laughs> read them. Right. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what your listeners say. Yeah. Um I know my parents probably would have wanted me to read them. Yeah. Um, there's a place, it's called Teasdale in Bar- near Barnacastle, What well, in Barnacastle. Uh, the the surrounding areas and some beautiful hills and I'd like to engrave something on a stone and possibly bury the letters Mm. near a stone Uh, so it's their fraternity
1: Okay, how upsetting would it be for you to read them?
11: Well, yeah, this is a thing I think it would be beautiful but I think it might be quite upsetting I think it'll just kind of upsetting just because it was it, it is
1: so beautiful and i my, haven't met anyone who, who, who writes me like my it. suggestion and i'd be keen to hear catherine's my suggestion would be this
3: mm-hmm.
1: get a bottle of wine
3: yeah
1: get a candle
3: mm-hmm. light oh. a candle
1: have half a glass of wine to start with oh. and then dive in and see, oh, and, Ian, and, yeah. and see the other, you know, and take it at your own pace. If you do it in a night, you do it in a night. If it takes a year to read them. Yeah. If you, if you read the first one, you go, oh, f- actually, I can't. Then put them away. Mm-hmm. I would suggest put them back in the attic until you're ready. But what a beautiful... Yeah. And then what, do you, what would you do? Would you, like I said, would you I think
10: I'd just bury them near a stone in the...
1: Kath, what would you do?
10: Hills? I couldn't part with them. I, I, don't, I don't think I could part I with them. Um My grandma died recently and she left a letter. And it took all my strength to read that. And uh, the day I was given it, I couldn't read it. And I think mm. you'll you'll know when you're ready to read it or read yeah. them. I don't yeah. think I could part with them. I think I'd want to keep them. And yeah, I because... think
11: maybe for my son, for exactly. I
1: mean,
10: for goodness yeah. sake, it's it's treasure.
1: It is, isn't it? I th- I think it is. I think that's right. I think it's actual treasure, right? And at the moment, like right, they're taking up a couple of square feet in in your attic. It's-
11: nothing really it's, nothing. it's the rest of the stuff i need to get rid of well exactly it's, was... n-
1: it's nothing you know and um that's gold man alive what i buy I would... a posh box for him yeah what i wouldn't give to yeah. have a uh, letter letters between my mum and dad what i wouldn't give i d- I've, have you heard this before Let me wonder if i can find it hang on a second i've got this thing i don't know where it is i don't know if i've got it on this computer um the only bit of treasure what is going on with my computer why is it um i wonder if it's here Oh, do you know, I don't know if, um, uh, Malcolm, I don't know if I've got it. The only bit of treasure I've got from my mum and dad Mm -hmm. is, um, here we go, here we go. Well, this play, let me, let me, let me, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. It just popped up and then it disappeared. I don't know if it's on this computer.
10: So, Cass? Yeah. So will you read this letter at some point you I have read is... it now I've yes. read it but it took me a while I had to do a little emotional run-up and mm-hmm. um of course I was in floods but it was oh. it was beautiful and she'd written it knowing that she was on her way out oh. and I only got a little mention it was mostly for my mom, for my dad and his sister really her children yeah. um but it was that's treasure I t- they've kept that but I've taken a picture so I've always got that
1: oh how lovely Right, I haven't got this thing that I was looking for, but what it is, I I, I, I digitised it, it's on a hard drive somewhere. But I've got a little 7-inch record that my mum and dad made in, well, Joe was a baby, so it would have been nineteen (laughs) seventy. Um, uh, in those booths where you can go into a booth and oh you yes. put, put a shilling in and you make, made a record. And I've got that. And I've got the actual yeah. record and I've got it on my computer. But it's, oh, on, it's on hard drive, And that's wow. it. And it's treasure. And I, I, it's absolute treasure. And I, I, I consider that the same as the love letters. I couldn't throw that There's away. There's a that's
10: magic so bit in that, that recording where your dad says, go get the baby, go and get yeah, the baby. Yeah, it's
1: my sister. It's my big sister. Um, it was so be- beautiful. My, when my mum was, when she found out she had this really bizarre
11: uh, cancer, it's only affected weirdly three other women in the world at her age. And um, she, I, I created a bucket list for her, and um, she said she wanted to go to recording studio with me, and I played the piano, and she sang four tracks, <sighs> and um, and I played in the background, and I did some harmony work with her, and we called it um, Memories of an Angel. And uh, I produced, well, got them uh, about a thousand CDs produced, and sadly she passed away in my arms six weeks after she made oh, this man. recording. Um, and I've got the CDs, <laughs> but there's like 600 left. But we made about £1,500 for hey. uh, Macmillan nurses hey, through man. this CD. Would it be possible? Can can I possibly send you
1: the CD? You can send it to me. I, I, I'll be honest. I don't know when I will get round to listening to it because because nice. I'm a little bit crap at that. But you're more than welcome <laughs> to. Of course, you can send us stuff. <laughs> thank Please, you. Oh, send us. Stuff. Don't send us food. Will be my only suggestion, dear listener, because we nice. don't eat it. Nice. No, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, of course you can, Katie. That'd be lovely. Hey, listen. Thank you for that. That was I. I, I really enjoyed that. And I, I you got to keep those letters, man. You got yeah.
10: Keep don't give letters. them. Don't 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 bury them.
1: Thank you, Katie. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is the late night alternative with Catherine Boyle and Ian Leon talk radio take a
0: trip into the alternate reality of late night radio
1: i
4: think i'm in something like the
7: matrix
0: and so are you the late night alternative hello hello. with ian lee is there anybody out there on talk radio
2: hello
1: i three four 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 nine nine one thousand so we're kind of talking to, we're talking about anything you can call in about anything you want the switchboard is empty apart from a withheld number which we ain't taking so you can put your phone down um, but we're talking about ambitions and dreams and how they get pushed to one side and maybe you've achieved yours or you didn't. If you want to find them, say, look, I always wanted to be, you know, a drummer. This is my ex. We've got Kenny Jones coming on later and I just didn't do it and I regret it and I'm 56 and I re- anything like that. 0344, But then we were just talking to Katie about her, her dead mum and dad's love letters. Not, they weren't written as, when they were, you know, ghosts, obviously. They were like... And Catherine, you just revealed the most amazing thing <laughs> that would definitely win us a Sony or get us a bit of coverage throughout for, for the Rabbit Hole podcast. Or
10: get us sacked.
1: Yeah, well, OK, go on. What did you just reveal to me?
10: Well, I've got some love letters amongst... Well, I've got... I had a few boyfriends that wrote me love letters. Hmm. Well, before text, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, because you were... You were. Um, These
10: days, just get a picture of their willy.
1: You were, quite, <laughs> you were quite poetic, so if they wanted to get in your pants, I had to, <laughs> I had to use long words. Yeah.
10: For the most part, they would already been in there. But anyway, um, no, um, th- I, yeah, I've got a number of, yeah, I've got some letters. If, I, if my kids ever found them, I'd be dirty love letters. From how mucky, old, how old are you? Um, well, well, there's well, there's mm, the first one I went out with from the age of sixteen to twenty one oh, what square i know what, what, a a, what, a square. what a waste of time what a square! waste of time went off with his housemate and married oh,
1: her. i love i love you so much darling i love you so much i'll let you do anything you want oh i'll write me a letter and i'll let you give me one <laughs> if you write me a letter i'll bring you off
10: and then oh god and then i had a spanish boyfriend hola i would like to make love he, to he used, used to all. send me um he used to send me cigarettes and he used to write on on the, on the like squash runs <laughs> Because they were in the post. And used to write note, notes on the sides of them. What did they say?
1: <laughs> Put me in your mouth and suck.
10: Stuff like that. But, um, but the, you know, there'd be, there'd be letters as well. He was quite poetic. Um, Wowzers. And then so there what? was an Italian guy. I, I didn't realise. He used to write to me when I was about 14, 15. Ooh, we can't read
1: those out. Well,
10: I only, like, when I read them so as an adult, I realised just what a filth bag he was. How old was he? 17. This is, we can
1: we can retrospectively get him prosecuted. Well, you can't, he
10: didn't actually do anything. I don't think we ever spoke to each other properly.
1: Right, here's what you need to do, right? My suggestion is you bring these letters in and I will find some, um, I will find some <laughs> sensitive music. No. Um, and I will do, I will read the letters out for you.
2: <laughs> no.
1: I will... <laughs> it's re- private. No, I will I will get some sensitive, culturally appropriate music and I, I'll i read the letters out for you.
10: No, but, no,
1: Dear Catherine, I would love so much to put my Spanish penis in your ear roll and make ear love to you. I am thinking about you tonight while I'm having... Paella, the paella is the food of love, and I imagine your lady bitch, look like paella and taste like paella. I'm going to smother my face in your paella. Lots of love from uh, st- what's the Spanish name?
10: His name was Javier.
1: Javier.
10: Hey. We and also do- have a smoke on this. <laughs> we could do that. He couldn't say compass, com- comp Neither can you. <laughs> he can say compact disc he used to say stick. Oh, <laughs> always oh, pointed north
1: where's your, where's your phone I've left it out there yeah, I have. well go and get it why because I want to do the, the language app
10: no because I have to buy that you know
1: I didn't have to buy it you know and I'm, I can't use my, there's, a, there's an app that I didn't have to buy
10: yeah but you got it for a month and then it starts charging you what do you mean?
1: Well, I've had it on that phone for about six months.
10: Well, I must have downloaded the wrong thing.
1: You downloaded the wrong thing.
10: Well, it looked like yours.
1: So I've got an app where you speak in it and it <laughs> translates it into any language in the world. And me, me and Kath were having great fun getting it to translate really filthy, rude messages. Let's play some music while we wait for Kath to come back. Here we go. Here's a little
10: Mm.
1: Mm. it Yeah. Um Okay. There we go. Right. Okay. So, I'm going to say, "You don't you don't even know what you're doing here." Right.
10: Don't you be signing me up to anything.
1: I'm not signing you up to anything. Where does it say you... I'm not signing you up Hello, Catherine. You are a dickhead. Oh. Let's see what's... Up.
3: Hola, Catherine. Eres un gilipollas.
10: <laughs> <laughs> is it right? Yes. <laughs>
1: um, okay. So, um...
10: <laughs> where's, wh- wh- My degree is completely worthless now. That computer yeah. just done it.
1: It can do any language, right? So, um... Give me a language, any language. The French. Well, give me one that's not like really obvious. All right,
10: well, okay. French.
1: Well, flipping heck. Russian? Um, For the bots. Okay, here we go. Shout this out is, to the bots. Okay, okay. No, no, oh, no I've done... Oh, no, I've, hang on, I've, I've done... That's Russian to Spanish. That doesn't help anybody. Here we go, here we go. English, UK, and then we change that, and that's going to be Russian. Okay, here we go. Um, okay, here we go. Right, so I'm going to Hello Vladimir, this is John Gaunt. I want paying now, please.
9: Здравствуйте, Владимир, это сейчас,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it will do any language. So for the next 30 minutes, we can't take phone calls after midnight because we've got guests coming on. We've got um, uh, Ryan and Chris from the Take It Away podcast. And then we've got Kenny Jones from The Who. Um, Danny Lane on Friday. Yeah. Danny Lane. Um, so call in now. Any language that you uh, you, you want. Maybe you speak a de-language. Don't use swear words, please. But maybe you speak a de-language. And um, we translated the language. three four four. Oh, someone's just someone has has, has texted in a Spanish message. I'm going to try and read it phonetically. Oh God. Querida, Catherine. Querida. Me gusta poner mi pene español en tu ondo y comer tu fofo. Wow. En vivo, is fofo vagina. <laughs> en vivo en la radio. Halemos el amor bajo la luz de la luna y insertar mi vilidad en tu agujero con amor, tu amante español. It sounds like a very funny Spanish <laughs> oh my God. joke. Very funny Spanish joke. What did they say? Shall oh, well, I get them to translate? Get- I'll get this to translate it for us.
10: Well, I mean, I Can might you- have trouble with your pronunciation.
1: Um... All right, well, you read it then. You, you you do it, but you need to log in. You, you you log into that and get it... You read it and get it to translate for us.
10: Oh, God, really? Ye- yes. I really want to hear that.
1: Yes. Okay.
10: How do I get a different language? Right. Okay, and that one has got to be English. Okay. Right, you ready? Yeah. I'll come over there because I can't... I can't
1: All, right. Me. All right, Catherine, you come over. Any excuse?
2: Right. <laughs> oh, God. Ready?
1: Yeah. How do I do it? Tap it. There. Hold it. No. Oh, for goodness sakes. All right now tap it.
10: <sighs> Querida Catherine, me gusta poner mi pene español en tu odo y comer tu fofo en vida en la radio. Haremos el amor bajo la luz de la luna e inserta mi virilidad en tu agujero con amor. Tu amante español. <clears throat>
9: To put my penis Spanish in everything and eat
3: your fofo in life on the radio. We will make love under the moonlight. Insert my virility in your hole with love, your Spanish
9: lover.
10: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds legit. <laughs> I want to
1: insert my virility into your hole. Boy, I think we need a break.
0: <laughs> the radio show where the owls are not what they seem. Do you or have you ever watched Twin Peaks? The late night alternative with Ian Lee. They could be dreaming and meeting each other in their dreams. On talk radio.
10: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what was that number again?
1: <laughs> 03.
10: My fofo!
1: <laughs> I want to insert my virility into your hole. Which, strangely enough, is the title of my autobiography <laughs> coming out soon. Oh three, four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. We can track. Honestly, can you? Sorry, don't you got? It, it will translate any language. It's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible, the, and the fact that it speaks it for you—that's the joy. I
10: know, and it that's sounds pretty good. good. I've heard some of these before, and they always sound like robots. Yeah. But that one's quite.
1: That's <laughs> good. Let's go to Waj. Good evening, Waj. Uh, good evening, Ian and uh, Catherine. How are you doing?
10: I'm all, a bit, bit warm, but I'm all right.
1: <laughs>
10: yeah, fun ah! <laughs> with the translator.
1: Yeah, what language do you want, man? I want Urdu, please. You want now? Do you want? Are you going to speak Urdu and it's going to translate for us, or do you want to speak? Do you want me to say something in English and have it translated? Uh, yeah, if you say something in English and see the, the oh. translate in Urdu. Right. Okay. in second, seconds. We can do that. And we change that. And we go to. Mm. Uh do okay. Um I, I tell you I'll tell you what we'll do. Shall I, I, um I can do my song and see if it translates it. All oh, right. yeah, you can do that, yeah. Here we go. Per perdesi janana mujecho deke mujecho Let's see. Any response? Hang on. Oh, it's not. Oh, uh, it's racist. It's racist. <laughs> no, no. It won't speak it. It just. It's just typed it in in y- your funny writing. All <laughs> oh, right. Yeah.
5: Sometimes
1: it, it does it it's, yeah, it's just typed. It's it. I'm showing it up there. I'm showing it up there. Um, but yeah, let me just quickly read it. <laughs> what was he yeah, that looks about right. That looks about right. Oh. Yeah, that I, looks I, about I, right. I didn't, know, I didn't know that he knew that Bollywood tune. It's racist. That I've no. What it's got? It's misunderstood my English thing.
10: Oh no, because I was doing it in done it in English? That's why uh, you nana. Uh,
1: shut up! Here we go. Hang on a second. Uh, Urdu is available for text only. Racist? It's a racist. It's racist, mate. It's racist. I think basically, it's it's, it's it translates to something like "go home." Which I mean, wow, let's get that app taken and complained about that. What about Nigerian language? Um, let's have. Uh, let's see if it's. Uh, is that Yoruba?
10: Is that what Yoruba,
1: Jamaica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, I want to take you to Bermuda, Bahama. Come, Come on, pretty mama. mama. Quilago, Montego.
10: Baby, why now don't we go? go?
1: Hang on, right, so... Hang on. Yeah, I should recognise this one, definitely. Hang on, hang on a minute, I've balls this up. What, what Nigerian? Yeah. What's Nigerian, what's it called then? Niger- I think it's called
10: Yoruba, isn't it?
1: How are you spelling that? With a Y. Um, yeah, you're, 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 all right. Okay, here we go. Okay, what do you want me to say to it? Say, I love you. Hello, Nigerian lady, I love you. Oh. Well, the translation is Hello, Nigerian lady, I love you. All right, same. So they speak the same language? The language right, of yeah. love. It's racist mate. It only does um <laughs> <laughs> white white languages and I think that's outrageous and we're going to get that taken off the market. And we're yeah, going to c- we're going to complain because I bet that's sponsored by Tommy Robinson or someone. <laughs> I bet it's not. We should name it because oh, we yeah. using it. <laughs> now we should we yeah. should find the name of it and and uh, it's give it a Because Speak
10: and Translate
1: Speak and Translate white languages only. Um but it's um You're it,
10: absolute plum.
1: Sorry, what? You've translated it to English. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. <laughs> No, I haven't. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. No, yeah. no, you're yeah. a dickhead. Because that's because I then pressed the Yoruba button. That first bit is English. You're an idiot. You're an idiot, right? You actually make me so angry. Right, right, okay, no thanks. It's, I, this is the English to Yoruban.
10: It's the, look. Th- I prefer the way my Spanish lover Hello? speaks to me.
1: Catherine is an idiot. No comment. Yeah, look. Oh, there we go. Catherine J. Aziwery.
10: There we go. That's out of order. I dumped it. That's well out of order. I dumped
1: it. I dumped it. What
10: do you reckon? I think I've got grounds for some sort of... I dumped it. Nothing happened.
1: A banjo player.
10: No, 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 Waj.
1: Catherine is a banjo player. She (gasps) wants to play the banjo. No. Getting you off the radio. I'm getting you off the radio, Waj, you troublemaker. Thanks very much for calling. Um, Good evening, Nick. Hello. Hello, Nick. Hip hip hip! Um, oh look, right now we got one from someone in Germany. And listen, I don't need to be able to speak German to know that the word penis is penis, right? <laughs> so I'm not even. I'm gonna. I'm not even. Open it up again. The ich mit meinen Spanish and no, no. I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not doing that, Herman. If that is your name. German the German. No, I'm not doing that. That is outrageous. <laughs> Nick, what would you like to say to us, please?
12: Oh, well, um, before I get into the meat of this thing, do I have permission to do something silly to let off some steam?
1: Uh, uh, as long as it's just steam you're letting off, yes. It's just steam, yes. Yeah, good, yeah. good. Go on. Okay. And so the show had begun.
12: These seven young boys and a girl. It was their chance of a lifetime. Their dream come true. The spotlight was on them. things stood tiptoe in the wings, yeah, so i 'm like yeah um i 'm kind of like wondering if to give up like my entire like life dream of trying to like make it in the music industry, and I would say like the last five to six years has been like my most kind of serious push at it in life, and it's kind of happened through things happening in life that i didn 't expect, and i 'm kind of like having a really sort of <laughs> I'm kind of at a crossroads, basically. Isn't are you still to doing do? a thing?
1: I'm co- are you still doing a thing? This no, is no, no,
12: no. We've gone into my. Uh, did, I, I was doing a thing. What but was now we've a, gone I don't hang my a Existential anti music career. Wait,
1: we'll go back to the existentialism in a second. There's always okay. room for that like at twenty minutes to twenty two minutes to midnight. That was Monty Python at the start, and I was still off a bit of surrealism.
12: Oh, what was the, what was the Monty Python bit? It was from Live at Drury Lane.
1: It was. Uh, oh, like a weird Little intro. Oh, I've not. I've not heard live from Drury that's Lane that's my, for. That's one of my favorite albums of all time. I've it's, I've, it's, um, I've got it. I've got the box set. Um, I got it for my birthday last year, but I've not heard that one for about thirty years. Oh, I'll I'll dig that out. All
12: right. I've got two tape copies. I can send you a tape copy if you no, want. No, I've
1: got it. I've got it. I've got it on CD. Okay. No,
12: cool. cool. But
1: thank you. But
12: analog is better. <laughs> well, that's how that's kind of how I've been like yeah. doing like all my kind of music because uh, yes. I've I've always like I've always been a creative person and I've always wanted to like be a musician. I'm the first person to admit that I'm not like an amazing musician at all i'm like yeah. I'm self-taught yeah but i've just always had this like dream and ambition that there's like and a feeling there's like nothing else in society for me to do but to try to to make it in music and it has kind of seemed like a sort of far off kind of dream and then like yeah. these last sort of like five or six years has just been like really strange like about five about six years ago like my dad passed and i sort of know from experience from like what a lot of friends have told me about you know If if friends of theirs have passed or their parents have passed, it kind of changes the life attitude without sort of realizing it. Yeah. And I would say, sort of, the last five or six years, I've really tried to sort of put like, well, two and a half years after, I was kind of in like the sort of the, um, job center limbo. And I was kind of saying, oh, I still really like want to make it music because I've kind of been to uni, and like music at uni, done music at college and sung like terrible songs and like assembly. I've always been like, Mr. Music. And I've kind of hit a point where the, the pressure is too much. And, like, uh, I like did two and a half years of that, and then I kind of signed off and thought, right, I'm going to make an album. So I kind of made an album at home. I was, like, playing in, like, loads of, like, noisy rock bands, and I was just like, this isn't going anywhere. Yeah. So I kind of, like, changed style and did, like, a weird sort of psychedelic folk direction.
1: But hang on a second. So, but when you Here's the thing. Here's the, the thing and i s- Where
12: Are They Now files. Yeah, no, but
1: when you say you want to make it, what does that mean? What, get on top of the pops? or be? No, in? no, because I know the sort of music
12: I am making is not necessarily that kind of music, right. but at the same time I really want to connect with as many people right. and I'd, I'd like to have a record deal well, and kind of tour well, and, and put No, my but, no, no, but hang on
1: a minute, hang on. No one has a record... No one gets a record deal anymore. They're even... Like no, which... but I've been—I've—I'm I've, oh,
12: no good at marketing myself. But I've been trying to use the internet in a positive, constructive well, then way. That's something I, I you either—that's
1: kind of... something you either need to learn. All yeah, you need to, it's, to hook it's up. self-taught. Oh, like the music oh, oh. thing, I don't,
12: I don't think do there is a there is fast. a thing to it. It's 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 self-taught. I kind of fell into it. It's most of the contacts that I've made that I feel have like lasting kind of worth because I have had like a little bit of traction in the outside world as as being through the internet. It wouldn't have happened. I was kind of you know stuff on Bandcamp and whatnot. It wouldn't have been if it wasn't for the internet. But in terms of on the ground kind of stuff mm. and the way things are going in life i'm a bit like do i, do I I'm getting a bit old for this <laughs> i mean i've spent the last 2 years kind of Talking. throwing out songs and writing songs and no one gets to hear them and i've been keeping my finger in other pies and why does throughout. why does
1: anyone why do why do um how many people do you want to hear them how many people need to hear them for you to consider yourself a success
12: i think if one person listens to them but i need to be a realist and think i kind of need to forge a career and I do think oh, like oh, talent is something to do with it, but I think it is also to do with luck.
1: Yeah, luck is to, to, do, with
12: maybe, to do with it, but maybe kind of, w- of want, no. wanting the dream to yes. be reality, and I can't explain yes. why. I mean, I've just always been music okay. obsessed. It's it's thanks to my parents oh, I've kind of had you know the, the, the sort of music education. And I'll be yeah. honest, the the uni part of it was the, the, the worst experience. Yeah, but maybe you
1: need to. Maybe you ne- Okay, maybe um, uh, making a career out of it isn't going to happen. It's causing I- me stress. Well, yeah. but,
12: oh. but it's something I love and I'm a bit like okay. oh what do, what, what do I do and sort of trying to fit into society has been a little bit more problematic and, and also revealing because uh, you know I, I, but it's been a little bit more know, things have shifted where I, I'm not quite sure if I can fit quite back in and I'm thinking I've, I've kind of got this far and I'm not sure who it was who said it but this is an analogy you know an like artist or you know, I don't know, like, you know I'm sounding like really really pretentious that's why I did like the Monty Python thing because I think my music's terrible but it's, it feels like I've all I've kind of got, and I've well, kind of been told at the job center, you're never going to make it, and this if and that. If
1: you think your music's terrible, maybe you should jack it in. Yeah,
12: but there's always that part of me that thinks, oh, that's defeatist, and, and like I say, my dad always like believed that it, it, he sort of knew that, he always think I should try harder, and when he would listen to, to stuff I would do, he'd go, yeah, it's good, but you, you can do a lot better. Okay, and well, the last sort of five or six years, I've kind of like, a lot of my peers, or well, around here where I live, I won't name any names, but it just seems like really immature, and I don't know, just loud and noisy, and Here's the, thing here's, and the thing. here's the thing.
1: Here's the thing. You, you know what? You, you, you might make a living out of it. You might make enough to to put food on the table. There's there's a strong chance that you won't make enough to to yeah, make a living. Yeah. Um, it, and yeah. And what, what? But the, the, perhaps you have to change what your what your perception of success. Is you know success doesn't have to be selling out Wembley Arena. Wembley oh, Arena. No, no, success can be. 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 Just getting a good song together that you're really happy with the whole production and the structure of it, and mm. having two people enjoy it. That, that 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 can be success. So I would suggest that you need to change. You you need to change your um concept of success.
12: Okay. Interesting. Thanks, Ian.
1: You're absolutely welcome, Nick. Thank you very much indeed. 0344 499 1000. Um, some people want to talk, too, and some people want a conversation, and that's fine. And I need to accept that that's fine. But, I, you know, I just... Um... Anyway, this is Talk Radio.
0: Kick off your slippers. Don't go to bed. The party is just starting. <laughs> you can sleep when you're dead. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. <laughs>
1: Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. You have got ten minutes because after the news at midnight, we got some guests who do a really cool podcast. Um, I've just started listening to in the last week, and I've devoured loads of them. About half of them so far. Uh, and then after that, we got Kenny Jones Drummer with the Small Faces. Um, but we were, talking, we were talking about ambition after I did this audition today, and I kind of like a little light went off my head. I was like, ah oh, yeah, I remember that this is. Uh this is what I wanted to do, and I got sidetracked by not being able to get any acting work when I left college, so I did stand-up comedy, and then that kind of got nudged into me presenting the 11 o'clock show, and then I kind of got pushed further and further away from comedy and became a presenter, and that's how I've ended up here, and I love this job. This is the best job I've ever had, right? But today, it was like, oh, but acting and stuff. And then I mentioned it to you, and you kind of, Catherine, and you had a little twinkle in your eyes, what, a little sadness in your eye.
10: Yeah, yeah go on um when I was eighteen,
1: you're getting dirty letters from Europeans
10: I was, yeah I was in the full no not no I don't know no. yeah that's I had the ones that I didn't really understand at that point, but okay, um I was getting the one the ones from the lad I did not understand fully <clears throat> at that point, but i I wanted to be an actress, I yeah. think, um, but it was just never an uh, never really a possibility, so I thought well, I'll get a proper job and back yeah. it up after I do a languages degree, which is not going to take me anywhere. But um, <clears throat> it's odd, isn't it? I, I think but sometimes you'd... you chase things and it just, it, it gets to a point where it becomes too depressing and you just uh, let it go and see what happens. But
1: we've both, but then also, you've kind of, because you've done, you, you, for those who don't know, next Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then the Monday, after Catherine is fi- is filling in for me, because I'm going to York City to see the monkeys, and you're filling in for me, And in all the time I've known you, which is uh, five years, maybe six, I've never seen you present a radio show, but I know that you have presented radio shows, which is why I was kind of pushing for you to, uh, you know, not you pushing you necessarily, but but trying to get you to do the show here. But um, but you've kind of had the confidence knocked out of you at the BBC. Yeah,
10: I mean, I... um... I had my own drive time show and then wow. I got put on breakfast yeah. and then out of choice because of circumstances I was working on yeah. I said I'd rather be happy and not work on breakfast and I went and worked on a different show, um, which wasn't a kind of um, current affairs show and totally serious and it was so much fun and that yeah. kind of reignited. I thought, right, was this is where Ronnie? I'm going Yeah, and that was working with Ray Ronnie Barber, Barber, who used to work at Talk Radio
1: yeah.
10: a long time ago um, and if it hadn't been for him, I think I would have jacked it in because I just thought, I'm fighting too hard. Maybe I'm yeah. just no good.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you do you, you do that. There's a Mark Watson, the comedian, who I think is brilliant. You know the the Welsh. Yeah. Guy. I think he's brilliant because he's dark and he's surreal and he's funny. He wrote a brilliant blog a couple of days ago that I retweeted about um um well, about depression and anxiety and about being a performer. And he says something in there about look, performing isn't the hardest job in the world compared to you know being a soldier or being a, in the fire service or whatever. He said, but but by definition, the majority of performers. Are really insecure people with low self-esteem and low self-confidence there's there's, that's the paradox that you stand in front of 10 people 100 people 5,000 people you broadcast to 65,000 people a night but you're constantly hating yourself and thinking that that was terrible and stuff like that um so to have the situation that you had where you do a show and then you kind of get taken off it and you know that that does bring up oh maybe I am crap maybe I am rubbish at this
10: it was just that I got to a certain point where um, I just wasn't getting any further, you know, and, um, you know, trying to be taken as seriously as people who'd come in already as ready-made presenters when what had happened with me was I kind of worked my way up. Yeah. And so I felt like I was always going to be, you know, safe pair of hands, Cath. but I was always Cath that they knew from when I first started yeah, out yeah. as a reporter and never really taken as seriously. And then... You know, it was a matter of um, them saying, well, you know, you'll have to go freelance then if you want to be considered on a similar level. I went, OK, then I'll do that. And they said, oh, no, you can't do that. It's how
1: people perceive you as well, because some of the kids that work here mm-hmm. um, thought we were doing a piece when we said that you were filling in for me. I know. They thought, it was a, it, they thought we were doing one of our hilarious um, gags. Yeah. And that actually on the day, you know, Tommy Boyd will stride in or something like that, you know. Yeah. Um, but they don't know. And it's... It's because we pigeonhole people and we you are, Kath, you're the... Old producer lady,
10: but, it is, <laughs> it's how, but it's how we do
1: it. I think in this country, maybe more so than in America and other places, you, you, you get put into that. Yeah, um, you get put into that pigeonhole.
10: Where I always thought that if I made myself useful and got as good yeah. as I could at things, then um, then I would get breaks. No, like no it doesn't. If you're good at something, they keep you there.
1: Well, we can name. We, I could reel off ten names of people that are brilliant that never got the break. And ten names, a hundred names of people that are crap.
10: Yeah, that
1: that got that got jobs that, that I'm thinking they don't deserve. I could do that. I know people that could do that.
10: Some of it's about who you know. A lot of it's about look. Who you blow. <laughs> Some of it's about um, if you're willing to bullshit. Yeah. And I never was. I always wanted to go in knowing that I was ready. But I don't think really, if you're if you're a presenter worth their salt, yeah. you never feel like you're the finished article. So I was never going to get to that point.
1: And here is the thing: we're both really grateful for these these jobs. We love it. Is not please don't let anyone interpret this as a God. I hate working at Talk Rate. Please don't. Honestly, this is the I I can't speak for Catherine. This is the best job I've ever had by a country mile. And it's interesting that we've both ended up performing. It's, it's, but you know we're we're lucky in as much as there is the connection to if we both want to be actors. Well, actually, we're performing, and there is an element of theatre and acting in what we're we're doing here. but, um, I think you should do some acting, man. And it's easier said than done. Hey, I think... i have like up to, Channel 4. Well, it's people who say to me, you should get the 11 o'clock show back. Yeah, I'll give Daisy and Sasha a call tomorrow. And so, <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Of course it's not as easy as that. But, um, when I did um, The Chase, right, and they probably won't keep this bit in, but but Bradley does a little interview bit with you. And he says, what, you, so you've done this, you've done this. What do you want to do next? I say, oh, Bradley, do you know what? Um, I wouldn't mind doing what you're doing. I fancy a bit of acting. And um, he said, right, well, you just need to get out there. You just need to go out there and start doing little profit share plays and going up and rocking up for auditions and doing stuff for no money whatsoever and just get earn your chops and get out there and do yeah. it. And, and he said, most people in your position won't do it because they're scared
10: that they'll look rubbish. It's not uh, just that, is it? It's financial obligations. It's financial. It's easier when you're 18 and still living yeah. at home. To know that yeah. you you can do all that stuff and still have some way to live yeah. at the end
1: of it. Um, but I think part of it is I have a, I don't want to say successful career. I have a, a middling successful career, right? And for me then to go and do a, a profit share play in front of 20 people in a pub in North London and be crap at it, you know, which is a possibility. That's a big thing. And also, even if I was great at it, people would perceive it as tragic com- comics come down since the jungle. Before He can't even draw 25 people to a pub in North London. Well,
10: there comes a time when you've got to stop trying to get into other people's yeah. heads and, wo- and care what they think of you. Balls to him. yeah, If oh yeah, no, there's exactly. something you need to do... Exactly. And you do need to do it, because yeah. it's there, and it's been yeah, there yeah. the whole time gnawing away, then yeah. you've just got to crack on. And That's why the other day when you it like gave me the chair for an hour, yeah. and I went home, and I had a little weep on the way home, yeah. and it was relief, because I thought... That thing that you were saying about that feeling when you were in the audition today mm. was exactly how I felt last week, which was, oh my God, yeah, I can do this. Yeah. I'd forgotten.
1: I came out of this audition thinking, Well, I didn't get that get that but I was walking on air. Yeah. I was so I couldn't get out of that building quick enough to phone you and to phone Nick up. Honestly, and I think I was walking out and I said there was a guy next guy, I said, Best of luck and I meant it. Because I didn't I don't Because it wasn't
10: about getting the part, no. it was a process. Yeah,
1: and I came out I thought and I was literally I was I was I was kind of jump hopping about going, That was brilliant. I loved it. What a thrill. Now of course if you're doing five of those a day every day or you're you're dependent on those and you haven't had one of those for six Six months i get it it's a different thing you know and then it is soul destroying then you are getting beaten down but for today coming out of that, it's like god this is what 22 year old me wanted to do before i got a 24 year old before i got taken in a slightly different direction this is what 10 year old me wanted to do is to sit in a room and and become a different person in front of two people it was great yeah right Dear listener, we are coming up to the news. Um, after the news, we're going to speak to uh, Ryan Brady and Chris Mercer. They do the Take It Away podcast. I know some of you listen to it actually because you've had loads of tweets of people who are excited about it. And here's the thing: as, as I'm doing this out last hour of, of radio, there are rumours um, bursting around the internet that Paul McCartney's got a new album coming out this week. Uh, so that's ex- that's serendipitous.
10: You'd explain why he's been knocking about recording. Oh yeah, it? yeah, no, it
1: makes sense. He's going to be. Um... 76 this week, the next oh, week. Blimey. 76. It's outrageous. Um, but yeah, he's probably got an album coming out. If he's doing a tour, we're going to go and see it. Be, uh, the, the, the one interview I still want to do is McCartney. That's the one interview that has invaded me. So we got them, uh, 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 Ryan and Chris coming on. It's a great podcast. We won't just be talking about McCartney. We'll be talking about the science of putting a podcast together. Um, and then we will have uh, Kenny Jones, a drummer with the small faces, the who. He also, says i think that's me he also says that the faces this is a world exclusive the faces with rod stewart are getting back together that's a world exclusive this is the late night alternative on talk radio the late
0: night alternative with ian lee on talk radio we have ways of making you talk
2: on my plate Don't have no time to be a decent lover I hope it isn't too late Searching for the time that has gone so fast The time that I thought would last My ever-present past I've got too much on my mind I think of everything to be I will do something to find searching through the time that has gone so fast the time that I put relax I have a person past Still I hung around On my plate. Don't have no time to be a decent lover. I hope it's never too late. Searching for the time that has gone so fast. The time that I thought would last.
1: Seriously, seriously, that's great, isn't it? We have a problem with Paul. All right, all right, all right, calm down. Calm down. We have a problem with Paul McCartney in this country. We, we kind of consider him the wacky thumbs aloft. Wacky thumbs aloft, Paul McCartney. Um, and we, and people go, oh yeah, but wings of crap. Oh, Mull of Kintyre, man. Oh, the frog chorus. First of all, the frog chorus is actually a piece of genius. Um and we have this thing of oh it's Paul McCartney he's the guy's a joke the guy's only a joke to some people because he ain't dead here's the thing yeah he's released a lot of crap right because he's been doing it for for 55 years 56 years he's also released an incredible incredible body of flawed work right and i've really been getting into you know i love the beatles you know i love the monkeys but i've really been getting into the solo paul mccartney stuff and I found one podcast that kind of talked about McCartney in the seventies. And it was quite, it was quite a good podcast. But then it stopped and it didn't go to the eighties. And so I went online and I was digging around, digging around, digging around. And I found this podcast called Take It Away with Ryan Brady and Chris Mercer. And I thought, I'll have, I'll have me some of this. And honestly, right. If you're a McCartney Beatles fan, it's brilliant. It is brilliant. And I've dived straight into the eighties. I'm listening to the eighties. Then I'll go back to the seventies. Um, but also if you're just a fan of um homebrew podcasts, and this is one of the things we talk about a lot on this show, is people making things on their own and putting them out there, then it's also well worth a listen. Anyway, we'll we'll talk about the mechanics in a bit. I'm I'm thrilled to say we've got Ryan and Chris uh on the line, all the way from the United States of America. Good evening, good afternoon, gentlemen. Good evening, how are hey. you? <laughs> it's, this is the weirdest thing, right? Because I've been listening to you guys in my car pretty much non-stop for the last two weeks and now you're, on, you're in my headphones. This is wonderful. It's interactive now. We talk back now. <laughs> That's now fantastic. I can, now I yeah. can argue with you guys and tell you what songs you're wrong about. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> let's, let's, let's do the embarrassing <laughs> stuff first, right? Because you have been annoying. Well, when it, I know this has been corrected. The way you pronounce the name Hamish... Yeah. Yeah. You say Hamish. You say Hamish all the time, and I'm just going, NO! Guys, please! Well.
4: Yeah, we don't encounter that name very often. So, <laughs> <laughs> we, do, we do what we can. Uh, if we were to say his name again, yes, believe me, we've been corrected off enough by now Good. that we would say Hamish. Well, worries.
1: Well done. <laughs> hey, listen, man, honestly, I love I love your show so much, and I've dived I've I've dived in at the '80s, and I've kind of gone all over the place. I've picked like I've sort of picked my favorite album. So I started with Give My Regards to Broad Street, which I just right. I find it such a fascinating project. Tell me first of all. What, Ryan, let's start with you. What what is your background, and and why are you doing this?
13: Right, right. I mean, that's a great question to ask that, you know, not many people have asked us. So, I am a Vice President of Marketing at Atlantic Records in Los Angeles, California. Blimey. And Chris and I met each other when I was at university, when I was in college at Northwestern. He's a professor there. And... I turned in some project or presentation or something where I quoted the McCartney song Cage yeah. off of the Back to the Egg record. It's like a bootleg. Yeah. and Of all things. I never thought anybody would catch me on this thing, right? Yeah. And Chris walks up to me at the end of class one day, and he's like, that piece, was that from the song Cage? And I was like, <laughs> how do you know about that? And Chris was like, wait, how do you know about that? Wow. <laughs> And see, so, yeah, we're just two music fans. We're in the business. Yeah, Chris is uh, i mean, Chris will talk about himself, but we just love this guy, and we don't think he gets the credit he deserves. Well, he,
1: I think part yeah. of the reason is because he didn't get shot. I think if, you know, Lennon... <laughs> I, I, I oh ge- no, God. I genuinely, I mean that, because Lennon, I mean, Lennon's out, output was is, is, is nowhere near as big in, as McCartney's in the 70s, and it was patchy. His output is patchy, but... He did that James Dean thing. He died young, so he becomes a legend. And and over here in the UK, you know, Liverpool Airport is now called John Lennon Airport. John Lennon, right? And John Lennon is treated like a god. And McCartney, for a lot of his career, now there's a bit of reverence because he's getting older. But for a lot of his career, has been treated as, as say, wacky thumbs aloft, (laughs) as a joke, Mm -hmm. as a joke. And and you 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 guys have opened my ears to so many wonderful hidden gems that he's got scattered throughout his career. But then what, Chris, what what then goes from, how do you go from meeting a student who's plagiarized Paul McCartney to then (laughs) and got busted for it? Unreleased, unreleased, man. Unreleased. But then how do you go, do you know what? We need to do a podcast about this.
4: Yeah, about how many years, Ryan? Uh, eight or nine years intervened there, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ryan and I were both really into podcasts independently. Right. Uh, and at the time, you know, we would get on the phone sometimes at midnight and start talking about Paul McCartney all of a sudden, oh, you know, as as we'd always done. And since we were both listening to podcasts, we both had podcasts on our minds. And Ryan had one in particular that he liked, the James Bond podcast, done by two guys who have to know a lot about james bond and he yeah, comes yeah. to me and says we could do that with paul mccartney you know yeah. and actually rather than just drop the idea we actually dove in and did it we figured even if we did, just did it for ourselves it would be pretty fun at least to do the first eight or nine albums
1: yeah um and what i love just about that conversation yeah and what i love about you too is that you don't you you, you very regularly disagree on what you consider to be a great track and what you know and and it's it that's what's so beautiful about it is is it's eavesdropping on two people who know a lot about the subject but are also very passionate and um what um what was the the last one i'm listening to is um Oh, what's the, oh, for goodness sakes, the last album of the 90s. What was that that he did? The, anyway, oh. you, you, uh, it's. Flaming, it's Pie. Flaming Pie? Flaming Pie, yeah. And I love Flaming Pie. I think it's a great record. And I think it's, I think it's you, Chris, that's going, ah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not so keen on this one. And I'm going, what are you talking yeah, about? I've it's, heard it about that. It's a great record. But I love it. I, I love the fact that you're, you, you, you kind of, you both disagree on it. Well, yeah, when we
13: yeah. finish that one. I was afraid to put it out, frankly. I was like, I don't know. I don't know, man. But that's one of our best performing episodes so yeah. far. People love the discord, the disagreement. Yeah, yeah. And you know, that episode
4: is very much in keeping with what we've been doing, where we, we more or less disregard the critical consensus. Yeah. And even the fan consensus. And we just go in with our own ears and
1: give an honest response. Where do you get all the stuff from? Because you, you, you don't just do the albums. You do everything. You do all the demos, right. all of the, the, you know, maybe there was a live track that snuck out. You do you do everything from, from that kind of period of that album. Where, uh, Chris, where do you get all of this stuff from? Are you dealing with bootlegs? What is it?
4: Well, um, we might want to knock into too much detail. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, look, a lot of it is MPL's listening, man. Yeah, they're listening. I mean, in. listen. Ryan and I started. Um, I started buying these records back in nineteen eighty three as a kid. Yeah. Uh, Ryan has been collecting this stuff since he was a kid. Yeah. And so, between our own like uh, downloading adventures and record collections and CD collections, uh, hunting down discographies, we kind of figured it out and been able to slowly piece it all in. Yeah. Of course, we go into overdrive when a when an, an album is coming up.
13: Yeah. Um, A lot of it's commercially available, and then there's a a couple of online resources where we dig into. There's a book by Luca Parasi, the recording session, McCartney Recording Sessions, that, you know, we reference as almost like a Bible. Yeah, yeah. And Andrew Grant Jackson wrote a book called "Still the Greatest." That we, and he actually came on our show. It was crazy. There's uh, an episode where I don't know if you got to this one yet, where we do all the songs Paul gave away.
1: Oh, that's the one, actually, that's the one I'm yeah. listening to. That's the one I'm listening to on the way to work tonight. That's a great episode. Yeah. Yeah. So
13: the guy that wrote. Oh, the we're book, really proud of that. One. <laughs> yeah, he showed up. Yeah. He's like, of course I'd be on the on the show. Like, are you kidding me? It's amazing. So.
1: Um. Uh, uh, I can't wait until you get to memory almost full. That for me is McCartney's Sergeant Pepper. That is, that is, oh, Chris is probably going to disagree. But I just no, yeah.
4: I like that one. <laughs> I shouldn't I shouldn't give away too many spoilers, but I'm with you on that. Yeah, let's just Enjoy do the podcast right now. <laughs> let's do it. Let's
1: just do it now. Oh yeah, but this isn't going out on the radio. This is this is just I'm just a, an Uber fan that's faked a whole radio show just so I can talk to you guys. <laughs> um but this is the thing. This is the thing, because you mentioned McCartney in this country, and there is a different image because we did have mm-hmm. McCartney in the eighties, there was um the frog chorus, which became a joke, but I I think if you listen to the frog chorus, I think it's a piece of genius, right? I think it's a great song. Yeah. Um, and there there were a couple other hits he had over here that he didn't release in the States. And um people and people go, Oh, Mull of Kintyre. I remember being a kid, and Mull of Kintyre was on all the time, all the flipping time, and it's a drunk butt. <laughs> yeah. But people kind of think that he stopped doing good albums in the 80s. And there are things like memory. A uh, 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 memory almost full, and and I think mm. half of new. The last out, that he's he's still doing great stuff into the twenty first century. I think electric century.
4: arguments is interesting. Yeah,
1: which one's that?
4: I think electric arguments quite interesting. Yeah. The one he did right after memory almost full
13: yeah. with youth. Yeah, yeah, as as a fireman, I believe. Yeah. Oh, the
1: fireman was yeah. great. That was his kind of, um, his, uh, uh, anonymous sort of dance, uh, electronica stuff, which is, again, you know, the Len, Lenin was the experimental one, pop was the, but uh, Paul was the pop balladeer. But Paul was, was, has always been doing it experimental. Oh, hello. I'm still here. Have we got, uh, have we got Chris? Chris, are you still around? We lost Chris. Oh no! Oh man, well, good, good, because Chris gets it wrong too much of the time, Ryan. If I'm honest, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe Chris will join us in a minute. But he's always been doing like experimental, electronicy type stuff, hasn't he?
13: Yeah, like on "Tomorrow Never Knows" on the Beatles records. That's the story about Paul. He's like, oh, I was I was bringing in the tape loops. All that tape loop stuff was me. Why does John get the credit for being the avant garde one? Mm. I, I was that guy in the '60s.
1: I, I, well, it's funny that you're coming on tonight because I've had loads of people tweeting me saying, oh, McCartney's going to announce a new album this week. Have you heard anything about that? Yeah. So
13: from the chatter, I understand there's something Friday, uh, okay. whether it's the record or the single or a teaser. That's what I hear. I, that's not an official word, but we get emails all the time from people. that are like, here's this news. Here's that news. I mean, half of the time it's wrong, yeah, but of course. It's I, I think something's Friday
1: see that's very exciting I mean, he's 76 now and he's i know he's, he's just filmed some stuff with james cordon where he's gone back to liverpool and what did a gig in a in a pub and i'm hoping he announces another tour because i've seen him a couple of you've seen him haven't you ryan you've seen him a few times yeah i
13: saw him in chicago twice and i saw him in new york once and he's just unbelievable i don't know how he goes yeah. three almost four hours at his age and he's He doesn't take a sip of water the whole time he's up there. It's like his famous story. Like, Well, Elvis didn't take a drink of water. Why don't I? I don't have to
1: either. Yeah, look look what happened to Elvis, though. You don't want to go out
13: that way. Exactly, Alice is dead, man. Maybe have a glass or two, of water. Uh, on
1: and you, case. you came up with a great phrase. I don't know if it's your own phrase, but it's the first time I'd heard it. "Old Man McCartney," where he's oh, you yeah. kind of, kind of, uh, just, yeah. just after um, "Flowers in the Dirt," where a couple of the tracks on the album, he starts doing that old man voice, and I think that's such a great description of of how his voice became. And people go, "Ah, oh, yeah, McCartney can't sing anymore, and he's an embarrassment." Well, right, first mm-hmm. of all, he's seventy six. And, yeah, he struggles with the falsetto a bit. But when I saw him a couple of years ago, it was still a great voice.
13: Yeah, live, he can still do it. I think that has to do with some of these stories about his records. He's like, oh, we just went in and we did it as fast as possible, a couple takes. But when you're on the road, you're practicing, you're yeah. singing every night. Your voice is strong. So, you see, I think he can still sing. It's mm. just a difference in tone. Of course, your voice is going to change to get older. Mm. There's nothing wrong with that
1: can I ask technically how do you how because we' got lots of people listening uh uh ryan who um who kind of like have been inspired because of this radio show to go off and do their own podcasts and lots of people who'd oh. like to but they are daunted by the prospect right how so how Ooh, do you guys do because you're not even in you, you don't even sit in the same room a lot of the time do no you? no no
13: so so Chris is in Evanston, Illinois, and I'm in Los Angeles, and so what we do is we'll get on the phone, usually we have earbuds in, and we have recording setups in our locations, You know, right. whether it's in an office or a, a home. We do like a little count off to sync up the, re- the recordings, yeah. and then we just have a phone conversation into the mics, right? Yeah. Once the fi- once we're done, you'll take the raw files. And so Chris actually edits the whole show. You know, I handle more of like the marketing, social outreach side. Okay. Because we have to split the work up. right? It's just a lot of work to, I mean, as you know, I mean, to constantly broadcast. I don't know how you do it.
1: Oh, I get my producer, Catherine, does all the, she does all the there work. There you go. Yeah, she does Catherine, it all. Catherine,
13: come. Uh, there's two podcasting guys in America looking for some help. <laughs> <need that> <laughs> yeah, work.
1: She's in. She's in.
13: So, yeah, so we'll get the raw audio files. I'll send them to Chris. So, the first stage is he has to, like, clean up the conversation. Obviously, ums, ahs, anything like that, anything that doesn't make sense, uh, error, you I mean error sneak out, but yeah. lines up the conversation. That takes, like, 10 hours for every episode. Just that. Wow. Part. Wow. Then he'll go away from it, and he'll come back to it and slide in the music. And from there, maybe a little bit of mastering, a little EQ. Mm. It takes about a month all in, maybe more, because we also try to research before we do every show. Yeah. Right? So each guy maybe does five, ten hours of research on top of that. So it's like 40 hours for every episode
1: yeah it's a lot it is a lot but the but the, the thing is it, this is one of the things i've been so impressed with um because i like i love podcasts and i listen to some homebrew ones that are low fi mm-hmm. and that's fine but yours sounds like it does sound like a slick radio show you know i, I don't mean that mm-hmm. in a the way, but i could hear that on the radio because it's you've obviously put so much time into the production yeah. of it and the fact that you you have turned up there with research and with facts and you know, with, 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 the, the one I'm listening to, I'm just getting to the end of it, is the songs that the, the Beatles gave away. And yeah. I, I thought I knew every song that those guys right. had written. And you, you're you coming, what's the, um, the Pernina, the one about the, the hotel? Pernina, oh. Pernina. Yeah, that's a good one, right? <laughs> I've never heard anything like it. I'm thinking, I've been listening yeah. to the Beatles for 30 odd years. I like this. I've never heard this before. Yeah,
13: that was one of the ones where we were doing the research where we dug that up, and I'm like, what is this? How does this exist? And the story behind it where it's like, oh, yeah, he was in the lobby of a hotel and he just made up a song and the guy remembered it and they went and recorded it. What do you mean? How how is that possible? Oh, and there's there's two
1: versions of Penina if you can't find the the first one. Um, Wild. I don't suppose you know if he's ever listened, do you? I, I, I wonder what McCartney's take is on his past. He always seems to be looking forward, doesn't he?
13: Yes, yeah, he kind of is a guy that once the project's done, I'm on to the next thing. I've heard, like, in the, was it Barry Miles or the guy that did his biography? Paul's always talking about how he has his antenna out. He's always, like, taking in information and then Mm. making things into the future. Do I know if Paul's heard the show? No. I know his publicity team, we've emailed a few times, so they're aware of it. Yeah, But who's actually heard it? To what capacity? I have no idea.
1: It's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's fascinating. We just, um, and I know that you've had Denny Lane on. You, you have spoken yeah. to it. yeah. I've not spoke, I've not heard that one yet. But that we, fun, we, yeah. we just found out that literally while we we're on air an hour ago. We've got Denny Lane coming on the show on uh, on Friday, and I'm thrilled.
13: Tell him hello. He is the nicest man. Oh, like God. he is so humble and kind, and um, yeah, from our interview actually. I ended up seeing him in New York a few months ago, yeah. and he, we went to the pub, right, in somewhere in Manhattan, <laughs> and he's just telling me stories for four hours. Yeah. Paul oh. said this, this happened. He has a lot of monkey stories, too. You should definitely ask him some questions oh, there. Oh, really? He, well, he was there, man.
1: Well, because, well, because, as, as you, you may possibly know, I'm a huge monkeys fan. I'm going to New York next week to see Nesmith and, and Dolenz in concert. What a pairing okay. that's going to be. Right.
13: Yeah, oh, yeah I, I I saw them like a couple months ago and well, Annabelle had taken me you, you were text, uh, twit- tweeting with her earlier today
1: well yeah this is I, I didn't know that there was a connection for, for those who don't know Annabelle Jones uh, Davy Jones' daughter and I've got this little label and we, we're putting out a Davy release this week and then it turns Annabelle said oh thanks for doing the work with my dad by the way you've got my boyfriend uh, Ryan coming on yeah. I thought, what a small <laughs> world me. isn't that it's incredible the tiniest world <laughs> yeah well, t- please tell her she's invited she- anytime she wants to come on. She's very very welcome. And if she does if she wants to talk about her stuff, we don't have to mention her dad at all if she doesn't want to. Sure she gets sick of <laughs> She's
13: got to talk about him. I come know, on. But I- Davy Jones.
1: <laughs> don't don't but I was just telling a story the other day. I'm slightly embarrassed that I once stood next to Davy Jones at the urinals in the toilets and had a wee next to him. So, I don't know how that would go down <laughs> in the Jones household. Um, all right, listen. It would go
13: down very well, I think. Okay, good. Well, well, well,
1: let, i I'm um, I'm um, 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 I'm thrilled that she's she's aware that we're putting all this lovely stuff out. All right, listen, um, uh, Ryan. If people want to find this your, your show, yeah. take it away. Um, where where are the best places to go? Where where where, where, where should the, where should I be sending people?
13: Well, the, you go to TakeItAwayPodcast.com, or we're on Facebook, Twitter. We're basically everywhere you can find podcasts. Mm. If you just type in take it away and Paul McCartney. You can join us in our conversation,
1: and it is it is fun, and it, it's a bit geeky. I'm, I'm not going to beat around the bush. You know, it, is, it does go into quite a lot of detail, but I absolutely love it, and it's 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 made me aware of just so many aspects of him that I I, I wasn't aware of, and so many songs. Keep, right, I'm going to put you on the spot now, uh, uh, Ryan. Okay. The the yeah. best Paul McCartney Wings whatever solo album and song. Yeah, I know, man, this and I don't want any. One, man. I don't want any fudging. Oh, I, I big one. I want answers. I want specific answers. I'm
13: gonna be held accountable <laughs> for this one. Yep. Yep. My favorite McCartney record, hands down, is Ram. Yep. I can listen to that any day, any time. I think the B sides, the A sides, the extra tracks, the stuff he left off. The fact that a lot of that material he wrote while the Beatles were in that lawsuit is wild. Yeah. Some of it ends up on other albums later in the wings or solo career se- sections. That's the, that's my favorite record. Um, and I want song? your favorite song, man. It's take it away, man. Why yeah. wouldn't it name the podcast if it wasn't that, probably.
1: <laughs> hey listen, brother. It's, it's so nice to talk to you. Honestly, I, I, keep on doing the stuff and anytime you want to come on and plug anything, you you and, and Chris, even though he's a part timer, you have uh an, <laughs> you have an open invitation anytime you want to come back, man.
13: Ian, it's been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me,
1: Ryan. Thank you very much, Ryan Brady, uh, Chris Mercer. I'll I'll do all the tweets in a second, guys. So you know where to you know where to go and find stuff. But the podcast is take it away. Um, if you like them, if you like McCartney, if you like the Beatles, it really is. Um, oh, it's just a joy. It's just a joy to listen to, and it's kept me so entertained and so happy over the past sort of 10 days or so since I discovered it. I'm going to be distraught when I get through it because I'm steaming through it. Um, this is The Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio.
0: After hours amusement for anarchists, air hostesses, and jet lagged Antipodeans. night, cobbers. Can I crash on your floor? The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on
1: Talk Radio.
10: What a nice guy. Very, very delightful. sweet man. Yeah, really. What happened to his mate, though?
1: Dug it all. He got bored. I oh, thought, well. I'm, not, I'm not sticking around for this. I'm off. Hello, this is rubbish. Can't win them all. This guy hasn't got a radio show. A like, load of old rubbish. I've just tweeted the links if you want to go and um, have a little look. I even bunged, the, um, I even bunged him a few quid because I was enjoying it so much. We have this culture now, don't we, where everything is free. Mm hmm. Uh, movies are free because you can watch them online hooky albums are free because you listen to them on youtube it's not even it's not even napster or file sharing that's stealing them listen to the all albums are on youtube um everything is free podcasts are free radio is free. everything is free and um I was listening to their podcast and they said, by the way, I they don't say how much work they put into it. They didn't tell me it's that much. They said, by the way, this, we put a lot of work into this and it, it costs us a few quid and we're happy to do it. But if you can spare us a few dollars just to help us out, you know, make sure we keep doing this. That'd be great. And that was it. It was, that was, that was the, the extent of their begging, you know. And I've heard people who do far less work do much more begging than that, you know. And I thought, well, do you know what? I've I've listened uh, at this point. I would probably had about ten hours of output from them. I thought that's, that's worth fifty dollars. That's why I, I can afford fifty. I'll, I'll slip them a few quid because because I guess as kind of as, as as a sign of gratitude to say thanks for all the work and I'm I'm really enjoying it. If it's saying I wasn't that bothered about, it, maybe I wouldn't. But I was really enjoying it and also to be um to be supportive of yeah.
10: people doing
1: their own endeavours. Also,
10: it's a bit of encouragement, isn't it? Yeah. Because it can be, you make these things and you enjoy them and you're proud of them, but then nothing ever happens, mm. you know, unless you get the reviews and stuff. And
1: Well, yeah, and we know what it's like to make our own. I mean, I, I can't help but, uh, right, me and Kath did this TV show, in inverted commas, TV show a couple of weeks ago. And I can't help but be immensely disappointed that only about 1,800 people, well, it, it's about 2,500 people have watched it. Uh, because, and I should be really, I should be like, oh, that's actually, it is fantastic, it's a lot of people. But there's part of me thinking, ah, that was like, you saw me fretting for six months, buying bits of equipment, trying stuff, buying bit, trying stuff during this show to get it all to but work. But
10: you did play it down and say so it probably wouldn't work, and so...
1: Oh, yeah, but it it did work, and it's up. I know, and um, and I'm and I've tweeted and I've talked about it on here and I've sent people towards it, and it's just not had that many viewers, and and so everything is about numbers these days, isn't it? Everything is about numbers. So Sam, sorry, with this out time, will I then have a minute on the other side? Thank you, because uh, you are going to play the Kenny Jones interview in a bit. Um, and I can't help but be a little bit disappointed. But then I maybe what I was trying to say to the other caller who who, who um didn't particularly want to listen um i have to change what my perception of success is for that project yeah because you know for with that, that project,
10: project i was thinking the fact that we even made yeah, something yeah. was was a bonus yeah because i didn't we both we didn't, didn't think, think, it think it was, it gonna, was work.
1: gonna work i was i was quite expecting that we would um just be doing a show for the hundred people sat in the room which was which again that's fine when i was at college there was a, we've got two minutes now there, there was a module that i laughed at I think I did an old coward instead, but there was there was one physical theatre which everyone done by this mad German. Everyone kind of broke their backs and things, but there was one, and it was called living room theatre. It's a module, right? And it was about doing doing plays in living rooms for an audience of three or four people. And I thought, what a load of old rubbish. But actually, it's like that Stephen Page thing. Yeah. Stephen Page from Bare Naked Ladies, who goes and does gigs. In fans' houses, yeah, you back know, gardens and back stuff. Back gardens and, and and um they get they invite people and you know they pay him a few quid. They they can sell tickets and he gets a cut of the tickets and you know you get you get forty, fifty, a hundred people turning up for a thing. So uh, I don't know. P.S. I love you. Uh,
10: no, the new episode of the ra- Rabbit Hole is out two o'clock.
1: Hey, which one is it? Uh,
10: last Brighton one, yeah
1: Last Brighton one, okay, it's up If you want to go to uh, ACAST, type in Ian Lee, Rabbit Hole If you go to iTunes, type in Ian Lee, Catherine Boyle, Rabbit Hole Any combination of those And uh, it will come up um, This is the Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio Dead of night discourse for Disco Queens. related
0: to Jed Wood and Dolly Parton. Dairy farmers aye, aye. and distant fathers. Yeah, the late night alternative with Ian Lee. Doing lots of things that we don't know about we can't control on Talk Radio.
1: Yes, great. Uh, this is very exciting for me. Um I love The Who. Love The Small Faces. The Faces I'm not so m- massively excited about, but I do like quite a bit of their tracks. The Small Faces though, flipping heck. Um, and the drummer for all of those groups, well, was certainly for The Who for the last couple of years, was Kenny Jones. Um, he replaced Keith Moon. And, um, he's got an autobiography out. And, uh, you know, I love The Small Faces. I love The Who with Kenny. It, it, the song, some of the songs they did were, were really, really good. Um, and there's a great VHS, but there was a great Betamax, actually, I used to have of The Who live in 1982, I think, in North America with Kenny on the drums. And, um, Anyway, he's a legend, right? And you may not know him. He's the only surviving member of the Small Faces left. And you, you may not have heard of him before, but he's got an autobiography out where he talks about his, his life and talks about being a rock and roll drummer and talks about... Oh, and there's an exclusive reveal in this about the, small fa- uh, the faces possibly getting back together. So we recorded this about 7 o'clock tonight. This is me having a chat with Kenny Jones. Kenny Jones, can you hear me? yes i can oh flipping heck mate hello mate my name's ian what a thrill to speak to you how are you doing it's nice to be alive to speak to someone <laughs> <laughs> oh mate honestly i'm such a fan i i i am so thrilled to have you on thank you so much you got great, the book out you. we are going to plug the shit out of your book man i promise you um, oh good <laughs> Only if you like it well, I, well i'm halfway through it i'm loving it now listen when i was growing up one of the key videos i had was the who uh, live and I think it was in Canada n- that 1981 82 tour. Yes, that, that's right. Yeah. That you did, and it's it was it was such a great concert and such a great video. And I just uh, wh- what? Let's talk about the Who first, and we'll jump around a bit. What was it oh. like replacing Moon in the Who? Well, I never started
5: out to replace Keith Moon in the, in the Who uh, because basically when I when Keith, Pete asked me to join the band, yeah, and we had a meeting and I said, look, there's no way. I, I, I'm just forming a band of my own with Blin Johns, and it, we're just about to get a million and a half dollars, which is a lot of money in those days, for a brand new band. Yeah, uh, it's half American, half English. And I said, look, i was just about to put pen to paper to sign this contract, and we've, you know, we're we've kind of done, we've done a lot of work on it. I said, so I really feel awkward about sort of, as much as I'd like to sort of work with you. I said, I, I'm already working with someone, so I, I'm committed. You know, so I can't do it. And he, we talked about it for two hours, having a good old laugh and a wag And he said, "Well, he said, well, he then came right out with He said, Kenny, you've got to join, you've got to join the band. You're one of us. You're, you're a mod." Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I said, "I, I said, we, and you know, I played on the old emotions, which was great, and it worked because basically I said, look, I said I can't. There's no way I can emulate or even try to to, to copy Keith because Keith was a good friend of mine, and not only that.'" there's only one drummer for the and there always will be only one drummer for the and that's Keith Moon in my book, right? I said, but, you know, I, said, oh, I couldn't copy anything he does, I'm not going to, but, you know, and he said, well, look, in many ways, because Keith, we now, because Keith's gone, we now have a chance to do something completely different. Yeah. So that's when I went, okay, that sounds interesting. So I said, look, okay. I said, okay, then uh, let me go back to the rest of the band and uh, the one I was forming in, in, with Ben Johnson and, and just talk it over with them. Um, he said, okay, great. So I said, but, you know, I-, I can't do that. I said, I'm not going gonna- to copy Keith anyway. I said, there's certain films I can do, that which I would love to play, because they are really interesting films that Keith did. I said, but right, playing off the wall like he does is uh, not easy. So he said, no, no, okay. So I went back and had a word with the band. Told them, I said, look, I've been asked to join the a- uh, and, and they said, you, Kenny, you've got to do it. Yeah. I said, okay. So it was so kind. And I said, okay, great. So I did end up joining The Who. Uh, but we, uh, And then I found myself in Shepherd and Film Studios rehearsing and le- learning the whole of The Who's repertoire within, just in two weeks. <laughs> and I was making all kinds of – my, my, my um, training for – well, my experience with doing sessions came in handy when yeah. I – Writing everything out, I wasn't writing music out. I was writing a paraphr- paraphrase of what my own understanding of what it was. Right, so I, so I could
1: understand and cope with the arrangement. And did you so were you I, nervous, Kenny? Because obviously you've been in the faces and the small faces, and you played big gigs. But but were you nervous in those I first never, rehearsals?
5: I, I, had, I had no. Yeah, I was a little bit apprehensive, but uh, I, I never had time to be nervous. But, to be honest, because I wasn't nervous because all the band it's like being in one band. The Small Faces and the Faces used to tour a hell of a lot around Europe and England and then, you know, Australia and whatever, New Zealand. So we'd done an awful lot of work together. And also, I'd, be working, I'd always worked with, with Pete Townsend just doing demos with him. Yeah. So, and so, we, we, we're all used to working with each other. So I wasn't nervous in that respect. Like I said, the only thing that I was concerned about or appreh- apprehensive
1: about was actually learning the Who's are Yeah. So, well, yeah, the concerts the concerts I've heard, that oh. video and the live album, I loved. And uh, do you know what? I've got a soft spot for those last two albums, the face uh Face Dances and um It's Hard. I think there's yeah. they they get a bit of flack but uh, compared to classic Who albums. But there's some great yeah. songs on there, you better you bet. Um Athena, It's Hard There's some brilliant songs I, on there, man. I play, yeah. And Cryeston, I, I, Cry, I love Yeah, oh there's some great stuff. What was y- I've read, and you can tell me if this is true or not, that it was that, that Pete was on side, John was on side, but things were a bit tricky with you and Roger. Well, everyone was
5: on side when I when I, when I joined the band, um, and, and Roger was told at Sunday Times that um, he'd had a sales with someone, and Keith what? talked to him through this sales Ouija board and said, um, you know, there's only one drummer, uh, Kenny's got to join the band. Wow! So, wow! That's, that's, that's in print. But what's what happened? We're well, we, we, we starting to play uh, during the first few gigs that have gone as And then we started a tour. It worked quite extensively. And uh, I think we've got to Roger to be You know, we've ran away and then suddenly, you know,
1: we're uh, doing anything, And then he around and suddenly key to me. Kenny, hang on one second. We're losing you ever so slightly. I don't know. I know uh, you. I don't know uh, if you're in your mansion. <laughs> I don't know if you could move to the west wing no, or the I mean, east wing. Mean, no, yeah,
5: I'll, yeah I'll, I'll move about. So you tell me if
1: it's There okay. we go. S- I'll, I'll, How's that? Right? That's good. I'm
5: standing, just looking at the bar now.
1: Do not move from that bar, however tempting it may be. So go on. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, yeah you uh, you did those. You did those gigs, and uh, uh, what was Roger like?
5: Well, it's great. No problem. It's all getting great. But I think what happened was there was a build-up in Roger's mind. That, you know, every time, you know, he'd look around, instead of seeing Keith, he'd see me. And I think that got to him a little bit. And also, my drumming style was was different to uh, being all over the place, you know, like Keith. So I think I should have put myself in Roger's shoes at the time and and, and learned to understand what he was going through. And I I didn't, unfortunately. But I did say that in the book. I just said, one of the great things about writing the book is that I can put myself back in time and and explain where I felt at the time. But I don't feel like that anymore in certain cases because yeah. time hills. So I, I know I I now say in the book and i am trying to explain, I should have I should have understood a little bit more where Roger was coming from. I didn't. That's being young or whatever and 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 i, sh- I should have corrected myself in certain things I should have done I didn't. But I, I, I you know had time to live with it So,
1: there you go you and you played with them you played with them a while you obviously did, you did kind of the the early 80s then there was live aid and then there was the I think it was it the Brits award as well did but, you yeah, yeah. yeah no there's lots of in between all that as well yeah did you feel bad that you didn't get asked when the first tour that they didn't use you did you get a phone call saying look Kenny we're going with someone else or, or, or did you just kind of see it advertised? no, no
5: I, I, I I knew it so I knew that I knew that it was when, when after we did live, I, I knew that we that was it, you know. I just thought it's not going to happen. So, and also, I was already forming a band with R- Paul Rogers, right? Called, called the law. So, I was, I was out. I, I was, I just I wanted to work, I wanted to work with Paul. So, I, I no, no problem because I, I just thought, well, okay, you know, I'm glad to have helped out the who in some way. And that was that.
1: Um, when was the last time you sat behind a drum kit?
5: Oh, I, I, last summer, to be honest, I haven't I, I, been behind the, the drum kit for about, for about a month now. Uh, it's only because I've been I've, I've been moving and God knows I've been really busy. Yeah. But I, I love playing drums, that's all I do, and I play drums all day long until someone takes me off. And I break, was anyway. going to
1: say, do you, do you still do it for fun? you still get great pleasure sitting there and bashing away?
5: Well, I, I've got my own band, so, I, you know, I've got no choice. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's a wonderful band. It's the best band I've ever been. Go on.
1: Who's the, what's, what's the, who's in the band? What's the band?
5: Well, it started out with Rick Wills on bass yeah. from Farnham, right, and then Robert Hart, who who's, uh, took, was in bad company for a bit, and then uh, Dave Bucket Corwell was also in bad company, um, and uh, he went on like that for um, uh, you know uh, quite a few years. We had a hit record in. Uh, about ten years ago we formed, probably a bit longer, but we had a hit record in America called Angel uh, about
1: about seven or eight years ago. Yeah, wow. Which
5: is fantastic, so we went to number one.
1: Who would have thought in the 60s, when everyone's saying this music is is plastic, it's never going to last, who would have thought in the Uh 21st century you'd still be having hits?
5: Well, you know what, it's it's funny, because there was a guy called Ron King, right, in 1965, when we just signed to uh, Don Arden, and... uh, and we had a meeting because he was a, he was a promoter and he lived in Ilford. Yeah, right. And after the meeting, he gave me a lift back to because I couldn't drive then I was uh, I was too so young to drive. And he had to go right through the East End to get to his place in Ilford. And he dropped me off in Commercial Road where I used to live. And uh, and he said on the way he said he said look you you've only got three months in, in this career Kenny he said he said what do you want to do he said he said you want to end up t- uh, you know, up, end up having a nice car like this and be like me. And I said, so I said, OK. So I shut the door. When he drove on, I went, the last thing I want to do is end up having a car like this and being like you. I just <laughs> walked <laughs> off. But so here we are, here we are, 55 years
1: it's later. nuts. Do you, um, I, I always felt sorry for drummers, I played a little bit, bit in bands, I was bass, right, because I'm not very good, but I could get away with it, but I always felt sorry for drummers, because y- there's so much to carry, with a guitar, you just slip it on your back, but wh- when, you, when you're young and you're starting out, you've got, you've got, you know, all the toms, the snare, you're, you've got everything, how did you do it in the f- in the early days? Well, I used to put it on a bus. No, you didn't!
5: <laughs> I did, yeah, to go and see Ronnie Lane, when Ronnie Lane and when I met. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, <laughs> He, I lived in Stepney, and he, he lived in, I uh, just have a side of Stratford. Yeah. And uh, so what I did was I only took the basics. I only took one cymbal stand, yeah. one cymbal, hi-hat, and a snare drum, a couple of sticks, and that was it on the bus.
1: That's and still that, a big old noise. thing to carry around with you, man. When you're determined, you will do
5: anything to make it work.
1: You, did, that's what I did. you didn't want to be a drummer, though, to start with. Though. I got this right. You, want, you wanted to be, bizarrely, kids, here's some trivia. You wanted to play the banjo. Of course, yeah. Rock and roll,
5: man. I wanted to, I wanted to be like Dun- Lonnie Donegan when I saw him with Six Lives Smashing Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a skiffle group, and uh, he was singing rock on the line. I just fell in love with the sound of the banjo. You know, the song was great too, but uh, the banjo was, just made that great sound. So, uh, I've got a banjo now, I bought one eventually. Can you play it? No. I thought, I've got a rocking chair as well, so, I, so <laughs> I feel, when I get old enough and feel that stupid, I'll f- get in the road. The, the, the rocking chair. <laughs> Come on, Val With my banjo. Yeah, I bought the wrong banjo, though, so I think. I, I, I wanted the George Forby one, you know, the river mum. Yeah. But instead of that, I fell in love with this Mother of Pearl wonderful banjo. But it's a, a lead banjo. So the, the next really long out.
1: It's not a five-string, is it? Because the five-string str- five yeah. ones are really hard to play. Yeah, it's a 5 string. Yeah. Good luck, mate. We've we a string lower down the neck. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good. luck with that. When you first sat yeah. behind a drum kit, was it that kind of that magical moment where you you just felt at home, or or, or was it? Did it take no, a bit I, longer?
5: I, I, I felt I felt at home, and I, it, was about, it was a it was it was a complete thing of discovery. I was discovering the sound and how to play it. And it was fascinating for me, so I was totally hooked. I, you know, for a while I did just playing on the snare drum little bit, and then, you know, for the hi and then bits and pieces, and then they've got the bass drum and whatever, and I played like that for a while, you know, then I thought, I wonder what that's for there, that tom-tom in front of me, mm. so I, I used to hear that a little bit, okay, then I, okay. so I experimented, and do, do little roles and I watched people, and so I, I got to, I got to um, learn my way around the drum kit, which is, I used to polish it a lot, because basically, I, every drummer uh, loves polishing their drum kit, and yeah. I like until they get fed up with it one day and get a to into it, but, you know, it's the best way to
1: when, to to crush your instrument. And I love it. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. I think I think you're absolutely right. I'm just, funny enough, I'm just I'm, I'm just watching this um, recent documentary about um, Eric Clapton, and he's talking about you know B, the BB King and all of the stuff. And I was wondering yeah. who did you have any drumming influences, any heroes, or you know like the Gene Cruppers and all of that? You thought oh, yeah, I I know, fancy a fancy bit of that?
5: Around. Gene, Gene was around? Yes, I, I saw him on Sheet Music along with Buddy Rich. Um, but when I I, I learned to play drums to, with uh, a couple of records that my mum and dad in, in, the, in the in the house. One of them was 12th Street Rag and the theme tune to Rawhide. Oh, beautiful. 12th <laughs> so Street Rag was great because it was like, to do lead, 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 boom, you know, it's was jazz. Man. So
1: I, ju- I, just, I just took to jazz straight away. Um, um, I... The the small faces, I love the small faces, and and, and it, it frustrates me that they, most people know them for the Shalalalali and Lazy Sunday Afternoon, yeah. and yet there are some amazing. You guys did some amazing deeper cuts. I mean, I know, I think it was a single yeah. as well. Actually, things like the Universal and Tin th- Soldier, you know, yeah, uh, Tin Soldier, man, what a s- yeah.
5: song! Oh, uh, oh, we- by the way, Altin's Not Gone Flake is is out on vinyl now. it came straight in the charts it's number seven in the vinyl charts
1: that's higher than it did did the first time round, isn't it no no it got to number one did it get to number one okay because i i this is like the i'm going to use the c word the concept album very loosely with um uh professor stanley unwin and stuff and um it's a it's a great album isn't it
5: yeah i'm very i'm very proud of what i did on that drumming wise and everything and one of the other tracks i like is uh green circles and i because I was doing lots of sessions with big bands, so I was playing big fills. When I used to come back with the Small Faces and we're going to studio, I introduce my big fills to them. That's how I got into it. And then the other, the other one I loved was it, it's not a Small Faces song, but it's written by by Steve and Ronnie. And I ended up playing on it by accident. But all of us did, Mac as well. So the all the Small Faces are playing on it. So, and it's called If You Think You're Groovy, but. Um, p- for PPR, mode. oh, I love, I love the
1: drumming on that. We love Kath, me and Catherine, my producer. We love PPR. I forgot, of course, the Small Faces. You were that. You were a backing band. Well, for that one, yeah. Um, I, well, 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 I didn't know that you you were doing like big band sessions in between oh, yeah, I did, I did Faces, bit, well, Small Faces all. sessions. Yeah. yeah, no, I did them all. What I, do- I played, so so many other people's records. It's unbelievable. Um, when you come in and go, hey, I've just been doing this with a big band, what, what would Stevie Marriott say? Oh, it's just, it's, he it was
5: too busy writing songs and, you know, we were too busy doing our own recording. Yeah. You know, and they, I think they, they, they knew I enjoyed doing sessions, so they were just encouraging me to do them, you know. But they would never, There was those, I don't think they could have get, got up in time to do them during the day.
1: Right. Let's put it that way. I did. Did you go, have I got this right? Did you guys live together for a while, a bit like the monkeys? Twenty-two West Terrace, Pimlicare. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. was it as much fun as the monkeys, or was it? I, I imagine it was a bit funky yeah. and a bit dirty. I, 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 I wasn't. I wasn't there all the time. We rented this, or Don and rented
5: this uh, house for us. And our next door neighbour was black uh, Blackman, oh, and wow. I really fancied her. We all fancied her. So, of and she, we just all for every time she came out. Until one day, I found out she was o- as old as my mum, and I went, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, but you know what? She, she looked great. She, she's stunning. She, she still looks stunning. She st- I, you know what? I still fancy her. She still looks stunning. Um, Don Arden, of course, famously was a was a tough old manager. The, 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 you know, the rumours of him hanging someone out of the window by their feet. Did you ever see yeah. any of his shenanigans, or, or, or was he delightful with you boys?
5: He was delightful with me, because he knew my background. Right, My background's from the I'm an East Ender. Yeah, So I, kn- I knew all the, all the hoods. And the Cray Twins were my my, my distant cousins of mine. Wow. So he's lucky to be alive. he was at that time.
1: Were the Cray Twins actually your distant cousins? Because my nan would always say the Cray Twins were our distant cousins.
5: Yeah. Well, you know what? Everyone's related in the
1: so Yeah. <laughs> I think they are. My my mum grew up on the Essex Road, and which is like just a little yeah. bit more central. But, yeah, oh, yeah, the Cray Twins. My nan claimed she was at a funeral that the Cray Twins were at once. And I, I, I wonder how much of that is actually true.
5: Yes, yeah, so, well... I think if people talk about it, it, there's got to be an element of truth about it. Yeah. You know, otherwise there's no point in it. You can't make that stuff
1: up. The book, and I say I'm I'm a bit of the way through it, it's it's a cracking read. Let the good times roll. My life in uh, small faces, faces and the who. Do you pinch yourself sometimes, Kenny? Because you were in three... uh, You know, people are lucky if if they're in one band that, that hits quite big. But you were in three of the biggest... I say rock bands, rock and roll bands, of the ever, you know, that, it, do you ever look back and go, Flip it heck, that
5: was me. But no, no. I, I think all these things, I, I don't think of it as anything special, to be honest, because basically, I, or I didn't at the time, I, I suppose it is, uh, really, in other people's minds, but it's a natural progression of yeah. what I was doing and where I was going in music. In one, band, one band, sort of finished, the faces started, but, you know, purely naturally, then, Thing. you know keith died and i was doing nothing at the time just sessions and stuff like that and uh and then then here we go and then i ended up being in the who so it's kind of weird i must have, I, I must have been doing something right drumming wise i don't know
1: you must, and by the way i love it. i love the way that proper members of the who call it the you that that you know that That's right, that validates U. it totally totally um yeah. Uh, Kenny, it, honestly, man, it's such a thrill. Very quickly, one more thing and I'll let you go. There was all this talk, well, actually, it was probably about eight, nine, ten years ago, of, of the faces getting back together with Rod Stewart. Yeah. I know well, it didn't happen well, it, and Hucknell did it. Is it going to happen? What happened there? Yeah, well, actually,
5: at my polo club, right, we actually raised money for prostate cancer. And the first gig I, what, one I did for, was I got asked Pete and Roger to, to do it and help out for that one. They, they, so we reformed. The three of us together. Oh, brilliant! For that one, we did that one, we, and uh, and then I, the next year, I did, uh, I did, uh, the, uh, the same thing with the faces. So me, Rod, and Woody, we had a great time rehearsing and stuff, it's so funny. But we always get together three or four times a year, anyway. Yeah, uh, at each other's house and have a good old life and go to a meal at a restaurant, causing havoc wherever we go. Good for you, man. So, so yeah, the, and we have been talking about doing things like Las, Las Vegas, so it's not too much of a hassle and that sort of thing. And so, because and Rod, Rod's, I said to Rod, Rod, Rod I said, I'm not, I'm not going to do Las Vegas. I said, that's horrible. Playing while people are eating. He said, no, it's not the same, Kenny. It's, they, they just, it's more like a gig, you know, it's like, it's an audience, it's, you know, it's more intimate. I said, okay, great, sounds good. So Yeah, so we decided to do that. But all, every time we try and do something, you know, uh, Ronnie, or well, the Stones go on tour. So when, when, we we've got to wait till each one of us are free and available. Yeah. Well, yeah. so, so mainly Woody, because I think the Stones, I think Jagger keeps to, uh, stopping the faces getting back together. <laughs> is he? Is he doing it because he's jealous? No, no, I'm only kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kenny, uh, honestly, man, you, uh, you, I, I saw you years and years ago. I saw you in a rehearsal room called, oh, what was it called? It was. um in, in London's Anyway, I, I saw your rehearsal room when I was rehearsing in the band, and w- we all got really excited, flip go, Flippin' hell, it's Kenny Jones! So to talk to you, man, it's it's such a thrill. The book is Let the Good Times Roll, My Life went in Small Faces, Faces and The Who, uh, Kenny Jones. It's been such a thrill, man. I wish you continued years of success.
5: Thank you very much. But there's, there's more in the book. It's actually an autobiography from the start. And then it's, it's the story of my life in the bands and all that. It's also what i'm like as a person how i grew up as a kid
1: beautiful thank Uh, you mate i'm
5: glad you all like anyway oh thank you brother it's
1: so nice to talk to you kenny best of luck with everything thank you so much
5: cheers mate bye-bye bye-bye